by the makers of the legendary Redline Energy products. Make no mistake, Bang is not your stereotypical high-sugar, life-sucking soda masquerading as an energy drink. High-sugar drinks spike blood pressure, producing metabolic mayhem, causing you to crash harder than a test dummy into a brick wall. Power up with Bang's potent brain and body-rocking fuel, creatine, caffeine, COQ10, and BCAAs, Brant's Chain Amino Acids. Life is an extreme sport, and Bang is the extreme energy source to live by. At the time of manufacturing, some vitamins are likely to degrade. 2017 Vital Performance Products. You know what, Calder? That sounds great. But nothing gets me off my toes and in a nice, relaxed chair like Nebraska Brewing Company's IPA. Our West Coast-inspired Indian Pale Ale is rich in flavor and abundant in citrus-like piney and resiny aromatics created through a wonderful infusion of citra hops, completely refreshing with an assertive bordering on aggressive crisp bitterness. Beautifully Nebraskan. Oh boy, oh boy, we are not sponsored. Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is episode 278. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host, Calder Ness. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. <laughs> Dial H is actually brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest hero click singles and seal products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Hello and welcome back to the show. Of course, of course, joined by me this week is my co-host Simeon Bruce. What's going on, Simeon? Ooh, I'm your your dirty neck beard with a shady past. <laughs> Do you have your trench coat and fedora? I have your, several. Your katana on the wall. Uh, I do. I have a. I'm not gonna lie. I have a kimono on the wall. Uh, my sister <laughs> lived in Japan, and uh, she sent it back to me one time. That's in Japan. That Spoiler is. alert for later <laughs> segments. But all right, every every show we like to start off with. What made us happy this week? So, Simeon, why don't you go ahead and kick us off there? All right. It's fall-ish season, everyone. So, this weekend, I my family came down, um, most of my family, a few exceptions. Uh, we went out to a pumpkin patch. Um, out in Nebraska, the biggest one, I believe, is Vala's Pumpkin Patch, which it's... It's when you think of pumpkin patch, you kind of just imagine like you know pumpkins and a patch maybe, and you know like sometimes they have like cider and refreshments. Sometimes they have little activities. This is like a full blown amusement park without the rides. There's hmm. like full. There's like two different haunted houses. There's an old pumpkin mine. Um, they've got like all these really old animatronics from like the seventies. I have to imagine, and I have to. I have to take a guess that whoever made the animatronics didn't have a degree in anything. They just kind of like hooked wires to 
electric motors and like switches and they were just like this will work and it i mean it's quaint um but they they have updated so there's newer stuff too uh that was really fun we try and go once a year um they've got the big oversized chair that you can take your picture in like look at me i'm so small in this huge chair oh it's a hoot that was that was fun though um and i gotta spend time with my nephew for the first time in too long uh he's getting old I spent just enough time to remember that uh, I'm not ready for children full-time, so that was fun. Nice. Nice. Uh, what maybe have this week? Uh, also, kind of a weekend thing, I went to SuperCon here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Had a great time. I just love going to uh, local comic anime conventions. They're always a hoot. They're always super fun. They're normally pretty cheap to get into, not the, like the pricey $90 a day or more. That some of these bigger conventions can be. And just, just hanging out. Uh, if you go to a lot of local conventions, eventually you just start to recognize kind of all the same people that show up. So it's really cool to kind of just hang out with your friends again the, the time you all feel obliged to. I did compete in the costume competition on Saturday. And I, I'm still ranked as novice per most rules. Because in order to rank yourself up, no matter how long you've been doing it, you need to win... I believe at least two, for most competitions this is true, but at least two uh, craftsmanship awards in a competition. And so far, I've won absolutely zero. I've won competitions before for like performance or uh, a judge's choice, but I've never won craftsmanship. And I was very happy uh, this competition. I finally won uh, best in craftsmanship in the novice category with my uh, Captain America suit, uh, shield, and hammer, which is really cool. So I was really happy about that. That was awesome. And it was it was really big. It was really big for me. And so I really yeah. enjoyed this weekend. It was great hanging out with everybody and dressing up in costume and just having a great time. So, yeah. Yeah, I think anyone that uh, tunes into your – usually you do them like Wednesday nights, right? I really do Here. them like – I like to do them on the weekends or Wednesday. I don't know why it's that day, why I think that's a good day to do it. But, yeah, normally Wednesday nights on like my normal main Facebook account. Yeah, is, uh, I always – I always catch them on Wednesday nights because I'm. That's one of Wednesday's one of my uh, Hero Clicks nights. It's at one of my venues, and so I'll be like playing Hero Clicks, and I'll get like a little Facebook alert. And so I usually oh. try and tune in for a little bit. But yeah, you really deserve that. You put in a lot of work to those things, and uh, your Captain America stuff looks really cool. So yeah, thank you. Oh, uh, if you didn't know what we we're talking about, I do a live stream on my uh, personal Facebook account. Try to do it every Wednesday or on a weekend sometime, Saturday or Sunday. Normally not Sunday. We record on Sunday. But if you ever want to see me and sort of my build process for whenever I make a new prop or like armor or something, go ahead and add me uh, as a friend on Facebook. Turn on that notification bell. Hit subscribe. <laughs> uh, with that amazing transition, uh, I can go ahead and talk about the Dial H for HeroClicks YouTube channel. I've been wanting to do a lot more with it recently. Because I've been addicted to watching YouTube videos. Normally when I work on props and stuff, I watch a lot of television shows that I can put on in the background and sort of get about half of it out while I'm working on something and sort of get the gist of the show. So I've normally been watching something like a Arrow show or Supernatural where I really don't care about what's actually happening, but I can still just get the gist. you know. So I just have something on in the background or music. Recently, I've just been looking at YouTube <laughs> unboxing videos. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that for the YouTube channel. A lot of people do it. They're really simple videos to make. And I'm just going to do it because I want to do it. So I went ahead and posted 
I had to just recently buy a ton of Heroclix products. I bought a case of Regenesis, so I went ahead and I opened the first countertop display of Regenesis. You can check that out on the Dial H YouTube channel. I'm going to start uploading new unboxing videos every Thursday. I'm going to see if I can keep to that schedule. It's pretty simple. Uploading a video once a week is super easy. Like, for people that do, like, two, three videos a week, like all sorts of other Heroclix channels, I should be able to upload once a week. So... Always check in every Thursday uh, for the Dial H YouTube uh, for a new unboxing video. I also want to do gameplay videos. That is going to take longer to set up as I uh, get advice uh, from my good friends down in Nebraska <laughs> uh, to figure out how to do those. And once we do that, I can't wait to start uh, videotaping some games for you guys. So that is fairly simple news there. But I think we could start uh, the rest of the show off with talking about kind of keeping it really casual um, like news that I'm saying is there's no actual news this week in Hero Clicks, so we're just gonna kind of go with the flow. Although it was X Men release this week, so I was thinking we could just go over. You played in your release, right, Simeon? Yeah, I didn't play in too many pre-releases because we had Worlds going on, but I did get to. So my one venue decided a pre-release was enough, didn't want to do the normal release, and I don't blame them. Uh, $30 entry cost or 35 depending on what they want to do with MSRP, yeah. is kind of high for just like a weekly thing, especially with Regenesis toning down. So like some venues were doing like buy this week, buy next week, buy the next week. You know, it's a lot. So... I only did two pre or two actual release day events, uh, one at Krypton, and then I did one at Dragon's Lair today. Um, I did take home the gold, so to speak, which was the Magneto LE at Krypton or at uh, Dragon's Lair today. Um, ended up in first place. Don't uh, don't want to <laughs> float my own boat, but no, I pulled really well. I pulled uh, the Iceman Super Rare, mm, okay. which I mean. His, his cool thing about him, uh, there's several cool things about him. Um, he's an X-Men retaliator for 15 points, but his one trait that uh, if you KO, I think you have to KO a Colossal or Giant, and then you get to use Charge at no cost, but only to target a Colossal or Giant. That's like his, his big trait with blades on it. Mm, yeah. Um, I only managed to pull that off once, because turns out in a in a sealed event, you're only going to have at most two colossals on the board, and most of the people most of the people that I played against didn't uh, play any like retaliation clicks. They only played the one colossal, or maybe two, and they'd be like full dial, so there wasn't a lot of KOing going on. But I pulled that Iceman, I pulled the Uncommon Cyclops, I pulled Wolverine, I pulled the Rare Jubilee, and I pulled the Blue Phoenix, Rachel Summers. Um, that's what I made my team out of. I also pulled the Jason Wingard chase, which is the one that can bounce his, like, mind control off of did characters. Did you seriously pull the Jason Wingard chase? I did. That, okay, uh, I'll wait I till you him. Line. How did he work, uh, for you? How did he work out? Oh, I, so I didn't end up playing him. So, like, I was looking at him, and I was like... I was looking at him, and I was like, man, like I haven't ever pulled enough X-Men to actually play an X-Men theme team in any of these seals. And so I just really wanted... I had enough X-Men this time. I was like, man, I can just make it work. And I was 20 points under build. I came in at 280. But I played Iceman at 100. 
the Rachel Summers at 25, uh, then Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jubilee. And so that ended up being my team. I, I sidelined Jason. I didn't have anything for his pog generation, which was a big reason why I didn't play him. Um, other than that, like I looked at his dial and I was like, he's a little squishy and I'd probably only get that mind control off once. And if someone's running like only two figures, that mind control is not going to do you any favors anyhow. So, uh, or two or two figures or less, it's really not going to like pull its weight. So I, I decided not to run him. Did you have adverse, uh, effects when you ran yours so uh yeah spoiler alert i pulled jason wingard as well in mine and i was like whoa i finally pull a chase and all my battle royales and anything i've never seen a chase pulled in like any of this set for whatever reason i was never sitting at a table with a chase and it felt so cool to finally get a chase especially one that i think is good and i was like i i also didn't have any pog generators uh my my colossals were not even when to go sasquatch and a sentinel a normal sentinel i'm like okay i'll play both of those and i'll play whatever else i even had mesmer on my team if i had a nickel a nickel for every mind control i made that night i would have 10 cents okay (laughs) oh my gosh okay i'd have more than 10 cents but the only time jason ever popped off his mind control with i had a perplex too i made him a 12 attack to pop off his mind control, he hit Nimrod for one damage. He hit Beast for three. And the rest of that, or the rest of the entire night, he either failed at his first mind control, hit it, or failed at a breakaway. Someone got a shape change. It just, it never popped off the way I wanted to. And I was so mad. I was like, I have this crazy, you know, pretty good solid attacker with, you know, my Sentinel running shot pen blast. He can just boom, smoke people. I've got, you know, I even had a saber tooth on my team. Like I had a great, I think I thought I had a great team, you know, and uh, it was so, we played 400 points. If like, if someone's like counting at home, like this ain't adding up. We played 400 points. Um, See, we did, we did a AI event at 400 points because we were like, oh, like, you know, chances are that like, you know, someone will pull something that they can play higher. That is, that is such a rough call because for the people that pull, like you said, you pulled a Sentinel and Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. For people that pull like not the best two by twos, you're giving such a leg up to the people that can run Dark Phoenix at 300 plus another hundred points of like support backup attackers or whatever. Um, or like, you know, play Juggernaut at 300 with uh, the Magneto two by two at 100 or something. You know, it's, I mean, I get why you would run it like that because. In theory, it should be better for everyone, and it's also boring to build to 300 all the time. Yeah. But oh my gosh, like an AI, I pulled the one event that played to three or 400. I pulled Supremor, which is the Kree guy. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. everything that he does, but I also pulled Eternity, who copies all keywords when he like joins a force, and uh, I played him at 250 and Supremor at 150, or. 100 or something and then i had some filler piece i had some little filler piece that didn't really end up mattering it was like an ego antibody so i didn't have a theme team but uh at 250 eternity just never takes an action token yep and then supremor gives him a plus one because he's got Cree keyword and then i hit myself with the pulse wave from supremor which gives you plus one combat values for the rest of the game 
and then Supremer also has Perplex. So at one point, my Eternity was just dishing out 7 damage while not taking action tokens, and my opponent was like, well, I'm going to clear this turn, and I was like, blam, that guy's dead. Blam, that guy's dead. Like, next turn, blam, that guy's dead. Does seven damage kill this guy? Blam, yes it does. Like it was it was bad. It was bad for everyone. Except for me. Yeah. My my pre release was just terrible. Uh all the magnetos. I didn't get any. Didn't deserve any. Only one one game, but but still and Mesmero, also a funny thing about Mesmero is I never played in a battle royale with him in it ever either. So I actually had no idea what he did either. This is my first time. I didn't know he had his cool uh mastermind, mastermind people. thing like that's dope yep. had no idea that was a thing um his walking off edges is cool if you ever you know hit with mastermind uh <laughs> not mastermind mind control but that never happened uh so yeah no it's so sucked. one one it's really sucked. thing that like okay mm. there's several characters out there that have like these like funky so there's like a morph where if you shape change the uh, you can have them pick like one of their friendly targets instead. Then there's Mesmero where you can mastermind to like one of their targets. And then there's there's the old LE mastermind who had mastermind tokens. There's the purple man who had something similar. The thing that I always notice about these guys is there's no way to like really force unless you build around the trait. There's no way to really force your opponent into attacking them in the way that would benefit you. So unless your opponent has no idea what that character does and they just like shoot at Mesmero right away, they're just like, I'm going to hypersonic up and blast this guy. And you're like, all right, I'm going to mastermind it to that guy. Like, unless you're, you're, you know, you're being sneaky. Yeah. Most of the time you can just completely avoid it. And so it's like, I played Mesmero in one of the, the like, I think it was a pre-release. I played Mesmero and he was like, a mind control piece basically and i never once got to use the mastermind thing because i told people oh if you shoot at him from range he can mastermind to a friendly like one of your friendly characters and be like all right so i can just punch him though right and i was like yes but i'd prefer if you shot at him from range please yep and they just you know they say no so hardcore whatever Play him with the indigo batteries, so they have to be within four. But also play him with Anaconda or Lashina, so they they, <laughs> they have to stop. They got plasticity. Yeah, plasticity. Yeah, they're like the three square whatever thing. We got the new Exodus too, who can be like or, or him as well. Two square when like the X is two squares this game. So if you try and charge me, you have to move. You know, you have to stop movement within two squares. Um. Just please don't sidestep, please. Yeah, my my X Men team was able to take down a 125 point onslaught with random and cable. <sighs> nice. Um, nice. I I managed to beat Devin, who was running Magneto at 200 points and Mystique, and that was his whole team. He was like, I think he's like 40 points under build or something, but it was Brotherhood theme. Um, I barely, so going into that game, it was hilarious. Um, going into that game against Devin today, I knew that Magneto started with that retaliation on 200 points. I was like, okay, so I want to knock him off that before I deal any damage to Mystique. But I also had Wolverine on my team 
And if he's within three, people can't use stealth or shape change. And Mystique has stealth and shape change yeah. top dial. So I was like, you know, big brain move here. I'm going to TK <laughs> Wolverine over. Cyclops made his leadership role, so I gave Wolverine the free half movement thing. So Wolverine moves up. And then I was like, I'm in just enough close range. I can attack Mystique this turn. So I attack with Wolverine. He probs me into a miss. Okay, no big deal. Um, I attacked with Iceman. Hit. I was like, oh yeah, Mystique just took three damage. This is like, you know, super good for me right now. Next turn, he makes like four attacks against me uh, because Magneto retaliates. Retaliation, pulse wave, pulse wave, pulse wave, telekinesis object. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, oh no. Luckily, uh, so I, I swear, the more fun I'm having in a game, like the more casual I feel I'm playing the better the dice go in my favor. Like, my opponent always just starts, like, rolling really low, and I always start rolling really high. Like, I should probably actually keep track, because it's probably just in my brain that this is what happens. But I swear, the more fun I'm having in a game, and I was having fun in this game, the more fun I'm having, the more it's just like, it's like, alright, here's a big hit, I only need, like, a four to hit you, and they'll roll a three. And I'm just like, huh, uh, uh. huh. That's like one of two options you could have rolled, huh? A one, like a one and a two, or a one and a one, were the only things that would have missed, huh? And then, <laughs> like, I rolled so many elevens and like twelves today that I almost wanted to check my own dice to see if they were loaded. And they were. No, probably not. Uh, they were ROC dice, I so I assume, yeah. You'd have to check with Howard Brock on. If he loaded the 2019 ones. Hey, do you know if this specific pair of uh, Rock 2019 (laughs) month whatever dice are loaded? Yeah. And then my my last matchup was against uh, the Green Dragon at full points. Puff. And, yeah, Green Puff puff Dragon with the little Lockheed on it. It's a really cool sculpt with Lockheed on it. It is really cool. Um, He played that, and then he had... He had oh he pulled the Prime Colossus the two by two Colossus Ooh, cool. which was really cool he decided he opted to play that on its retaliation click and then he played Beast so turn one he like moved up I, I won roll off because I had a plus five theme turn one I moved my guys to where he could really like he could make the shot with the Puff Dragon because he's got hypersonic on his top click with like an eleven for five or something like that. And I was like, I can probably take five damage. That'll probably be all right. Mm. Um, so I moved my guys up to where I could potentially hit him next turn if he decided to try and make that attack. And then he moved up. Uh, he carried Beast up with Colossus and gave Colossus a 20 defense with Beast. And I was just like, ooh, that's rough. Um, I don't have any perplex or anything on this team. So I... He did make the shot. He did uh, hypersonic and try and shoot Iceman. And he missed by one because I parked him in hindering. Like all four squares of hindering on the uh, release day map. It was the one. It was on like the Krakoa Island kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, Savage Land I think is the map name. Uh, I parked him in hindering. And so he missed by one. After I theme propped it. Um, then I outwitted... 
I outwitted the Puff Dragon's Impervious. I charged Colossus with my Iceman, because he's got like a six square charge on his 100 point line. And so it was a 12 into a 20. I needed an 8, and I got it. And I I didn't roll for Blades, of course, because he was playing all in retaliation only. Mm. So he missed his impervious roll. I somehow managed to hit. He missed his impervious roll. And then I got to do... This is the one time I got to do the second charge. And I charged the green puff dragon and missed. (laughs) And so I was like... After I I was like, oh, big brain move here. I'm going to outwit knowing that I'm going to hit Colossus. But... No, that match was really fun, too. Um, his dice went in my favor. He crit-missed twice in that game. Um, so that was good for me. No, but, nice, dude. Right on. Yep. That's awesome. Well, I hope everybody else... Uh, well, I know you had a good pre-release, because you, uh, you won. But I hope everybody else had a great... Not pre-release, normal release. And I actually haven't even checked out the map yet. I did get that, which is cool. So I need to flip that open and see what it does and all that neat stuff. They are like two of the hardest maps to physically look at that I remember in recent memory from like release day, like set releases. Um, The island map, like Savage Land, has a bunch of weird blocking where it makes it really hard to place your 2 by 2 figures. And so I, I don't personally like them because... It does require a little bit more intelligent play rather than my normal style of throw everything in the middle and hope I survive so I can attack next turn. Mm. Uh, it requires a little bit more finesse. So that map's like interesting for that. And it's all it's only uh, it's outdoor and it's only got elevated. So all your two by two giants and colossals can be seen by like most normal standard size figs on that map. And then the other map is the Sentinel Factory, and there's, like, water that's bordering on hindering, that's bordering on elevated, that's bordered by blocking, and it's just, like, such a mishmash of elevation and, like, blocking and stuff that that map was... I just never played on that map if I could help it, because it was such a headache to try and maneuver and, like, draw lines of fire and stuff on certain points. It was really good for hiding two by twos, though. There's like a lot of little areas you could hide two by twos in. Okay, cool. That's uh, kind of speaking of maps like that. I really hate the way the mutant museum looks. There's so much dotted lines. It looks just such like a busy map. Yeah, like, because you've got the battle royale line, which is like the new yep. orange dash line. Yep. And then on that map, you've got the blue dash line, which is windows. Mm-hmm. Then you have all Windows the other blocking seven. terrain and stuff going on at the weird angles. I was side tangent. Um, Saturday, the convention, there was kind of a game room. Uh, there was an RPG room, and then there was like a normal tabletop game room. And the person who I asked before the convention started a few like months ago, who said he was going to run the Heroclix events, trying to get people into the game in our area, uh, got too lazy. Uh, I mean, he knows. I'll You know what I'm talking about, Doug. Uh, not that he's listening <laughs> Uh, but, uh, he just, he didn't, didn't feel like doing it. Kind of got there late. And I was like, Hey man, if you still have all your stuff, I would love to sit down and set up and teach anyone about the game. Cause you know me, I just, I love the game. I want as many people to play it as possible. I think it's really fun. I think it should be more popular. I really think people could really enjoy it. So I sat down, 
uh, sat up, had a little sign, and tried to get as many people in the game. First guy, kind of not into it. Uh, then I had a group of like three people, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, we can play on a Battle Royale map. Had a bunch of pre-made teams, whatever. I was kind of flipping through the maps that he had. He had the month one for Genesis, so I'm like, cool. Uh, I look at the first side, which is like the up staircase, outdoor, whatever side, with all the hindering and stuff, which I'm like, ah, this is kind of a weird map. What's on the other side? Realizing I'd never played on the other side before in all of month one, and I was like, oh, this looks way too confusing. Back to the other side. <laughs> That's what we're using. So, yeah, no, that was also really cool. That uh, convention was uh, teaching people how to play, which is fun. So I really, really enjoyed that. If you ever had the chance to teach people how to play, absolutely do it. You know, I like to do no powers and then just move close and range actions is all you can do. It's super, you know, kind of dumbs it down. But yeah, I, I actually think it's, I think it's good for teaching people. I had a guy approach me at a venue not too long ago and he was like, oh, like, what do you guys call this game? And I was like, oh, like. Well, I didn't tell him what the name of the game was right away for some reason. That would have been the best move in hindsight. Um, I, was, I said, have you ever played a D&D encounter? And he's like, yeah, I've been playing D&D for 20 plus years. A lot of times at game shops, you'll run into people that either have experience with D&D or maybe Pathfinder or Shadowrun or some other RPG element game. Hero Clicks, for those who haven't played... Uh, D&D and a game similar. Heroclix is played very similar to how a encounter happens in D&D, where you'll roll for initiative, you'll have like bonuses and you'll roll for initiative. Um, you usually fight on a grid kind of style map. Um, sometimes you don't have like a map and they just kind of explain to you where like the opponents are and you don't have to like place things and stuff, but I always thought it was cooler to have a grid style map and have like you know monsters and stuff like that. Um, WizKids actually makes you know the the 3D models for D and D. Oh yeah. So there's yeah. you can use those now too, um, which is what got me into HeroClix originally. Side tangent here. Uh, I originally just co-opted HeroClix sculpts for my D and D campaigns because I was too lazy to paint. And they were pre-painted, so uh, Gorilla Grodd got turned into a bugbear. Um, for those that know, they know. But other than that, uh, a lot of D&D characters have, like, you can make an action that is a move, and then you can make an action that's an attack. You know, you can do your cantrips, you can do certain spells, so it's very similar to, like, free actions, power actions, you know. If someone's played D&D, I think think that it translates to hero clicks pretty easily and as i explained it to this guy he was like wow this sounds a lot like hero clicks and i was just like oh that's because it is and he's like oh i used to play back in like 2003 but i thought that they like died or whatever and i was like oh they did but you know they had a phoenix down so they resurrected with NECA and all that yeah. stuff <laughs> But I could have saved myself, like, five minutes of explanation had I just <laughs> told the guy the name of the game. Oh, it's called HeroClick, yeah. But I, I do enjoy, yeah, teaching new players. Um, you know, it's it's hard to go from the knowledge that I'll pretend I have uh, to, like, base knowledge. So, yeah, if you start off with just what's on the dial, no powers, and you're like, this is how you move, this is what you do for attacks stuff like that and then you slowly build in the basic powers 
that's pretty much, you know, the easiest way to do it. And then, you know, you have to go from that to like, well, charge can be combined with flurry and that can be combined with blades, but it can't be combined with exploit because that's a different action type. And, you know, yeah, so it gets a little, the game's a little convoluted sometimes. Does it say can or does it say may? And I'm like, are you, yeah. are you is serious? Is it a capital close or is it a lowercase close? <laughs> exactly. Stuff like that, yep. Uh, another fun thing about that was I had a group, uh, three bro- three brothers sit down. They're younger kids. Uh, one was named Marcus. The other was Marquez. And the last one was Mark. And then like, after they all introduced themselves, I was like, are you serious or is that a joke? <laughs> and they were like, no, those are our names. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. No, yeah, that's super cool, yeah. I was very uncommon. I was like, all right. Sounds like George Marcus? Foreman's family. So, where it's yeah. like George, George Jr., George Foreman. Like, I'm just going to call you Grill. Yeah, I was like, I like they all look the same age. I'm like, I really hope you guys are triplets or something. Otherwise, maybe a little lazy. I'm not going to judge your parents or anything, but it's <clears throat> a, little, a little lazy on someone's part. Uh, anyways, to kind of finish that up, uh, I want to mention again this week, we're just kind of rolling with it, guys. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, because I am. Uh, the Rock website, I sent in to The Rock uh, about a year or so ago, not really. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it was like, it took a, long, it took a while, uh, because I went back and forth, and then I forgot about it for a while, and then I actually messaged them the right thing. But there's a podcast tab, and we weren't on the podcast tab. A bunch of people a bunch of other people were, and some of these people aren't even podcasts. So I was like, well, we should be on there. We're a good, we're a fun podcast, I like to think. So I messaged uh, Lucky Dice and gave them a quick whatever, uh, our logo, and then I gave them a quick little description of the podcast. This was uh, in February I did this, and I decided that since we upload, updated our logo, it still wasn't on the website, so I decided to update our logo. And I was like, well, if they ever do put us on there, I want to make sure they have the updated logo so that way the information is right. Uh, I updated the logo, but I forgot to look at my other emails and update the description. So our description on uh, Lucky, or sorry, I almost said Lucky Dice again. On the Rock website is Chris Britton and Calder Ness talk hero clicks every week. And as you as you guys know, uh, new new co-host is Simeon Bruce. Uh, yeah, good good guy. Yeah, yeah. We've been over this. Uh, I am the the dip and dots to Chris's ice cream. No one asked for me, oh, but I am here. <laughs> the future, the future of ice cream that uh, yeah. only shows up at like zoos and random places. I was, I was the future of ice cream back in 2005, <laughs> and it turns out I was only a novelty then. <laughs> who'd have thunk? Uh, but we do have the updated logo on there. Uh, fun fact: if you go to it right now, I did send an email. Hopefully, it does get fixed. But our description is on there twice. It's First, it's the second description for podcasts, and then it's also the last description for podcasts. So Dial H is up there twice, which probably makes us twice as good as any other show, clearly. So, you know, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, check it out. We're finally on the Rock Podcast app, so hopefully that gets us some new listeners. So if you are – this is super late in the show. But if you're a new listener, Dial H, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate that, especially if the ROC brought you here. Uh, with that – we did want to talk about a few things that did pop up this week, then sort of news, not news, but there were some rules, not necessarily updates, but clarifications that were answered, and Simeon has all those pulled up, so we can go ahead and just get into those, uh, see what we like about them, see what we don't like about them, you know? Yeah, so if you didn't know, you can go to win.wizkids.com, and, um, or if you just 
type in in Google WizKids rules, um, you can, I think it's one of like the top results. Um, you can find the forum where they answer questions and they issue erratas and sometimes they issue clarifications that become erratas because everyone was playing it a different way. So you can see they actually wiped it back in 2017 um, when they did the new rules update. So most of the oldest, like the old rules for a lot of stuff going like way back are gone. So you can't look those up at all anymore. But we've got some new stuff going on this week. So one of the more interesting ones that I saw was for Everett K. Ross. The question was, if I play two Everett K. Ross, that's the 30-point uh, shield guy from shield slash Wakanda guy, diplomat Wakanda named guy um, from Avengers Black Panther Illuminati, um, if I play two Everett K. Ross, can I use each to modify a combat value by plus two on the same character as long as I choose different combat values? So Everett K. Ross has a perplex, and he can use he can choose to modify a combat value by plus two instead. At the end of your turn, if you do, you roll a d6 on a one through four. He takes one unavoidable damage. Really good for 30 points. Uh, plus two modifier is pretty good for 30 Plus, uh, he's got shield team ability, so he could actually modify four combat values for one action um, damage range, and then whatever you add the plus two to. So the question was, if you used more than one Everett K. Ross, can they modify more than one combat value, even though his hmm. thing says unique? Turns out, no. A character can only be affected by one unique modifier with the same name, regardless of which combat values are being modified. So if a character says unique modifier, it doesn't matter how many you're playing. So Fabian Cortez, for example, has unique modifier because he is unique. So you can't play more than one Fabian Cortez anyhow. Sure. But if you could turns out you'd only be able to do it with one per person named that so this means that everett k ross is i mean he's he's worth the one on a team because he's 30 points with the double perplex and shield team ability he's not worth probably putting two on your team anymore um i know i've got a box with about six because i was gonna make like a Everett K. Ross battery team where I just turn somebody into like a monster every turn or something. Mm, okay. Yeah, he's not he's not quite that. That's level not gonna anymore. happen anymore. <laughs> Looks like I'll have to go back to the old big Tony route. Um <laughs> biggest Anthony. Uh, Thick Anthony, so yeah. so I mean as you can see, if you haven't ever gone through these uh rules questions before, most of the time it's just a clarification. Whereas a more versed person in uh, the you know rule book might have already caught that a unique modifier would do that. It's nice for the layman to be able to just click on these or even like search Everett K. Ross and this will pull up. If you're a judge at a local venue and somebody has a question, sometimes this is a good resource for that. Another interesting one was for Jason Wingard. I heard somebody pulled a Jason Wingard recently. <laughs> Jeez. Maybe. The poor sap. So, <laughs> the idiot. So the question was, if I played two Jason Wingards, 
do I need to include separate figures on my sideline for each one, or can they share the figure on the sideline for this trait? This question is in... Uh, it's about his trait, Psionic Illusion, where free, choose a character on your sideline of 150 points or less on their highest point line, so no Groots. Generate a bystander printed on that character's card. Each bystander generated this way has max one. You may activate this ability only twice per game. Hmm. So the question was, can you use the same sideline figure. So you've only got, in an average 300-point game, you've only got nine sideline figures that you can get through. So if you're trying to be frugal and you don't want a ton of sideline taken up by Jason and you have two Jasons, you'll be happy to know that you can use just one figure on your sideline to pull in stuff. So if I put Stagron on my sideline and I was playing two Jason Wingards, I could pull in a T-Rex for each Jason Wingard from my one Stegron. I could also pull in a Stegosaurus for oh, each right. Jason, the and they've got guy. they've got the Mystics, so um, stuff like that. Uh, so if you played one, if you played one uh, Mister Sinister, you could bring in each Jason Wingard could bring in two of the Nasty Boys from the one Mister Sinister. But that makes if sense, you, though. Oh, the way yeah, I'm reading and understanding that makes sense. No, none it, of the wording in his trait would make you feel like it wouldn't allow that. Right, and so it's it's mostly clarification stuff for, you know, like the the weird kind of because HeroClix has a lot of interesting powers that lead to like rules questions like this, and so it's nice to just get these clarifications out of the way sometimes. Uh, the next one is one that I actually really really don't like. Um, so, this one involved shape change, object actions, which object actions replaced uh, just normal like object attacks. That's why you can't hypersonic an object attack anymore, because you need a close, capital close, and hypersonic doesn't give you that anymore. So the question was, if I target someone with an object attack, and they succeed at shape change, do I still destroy the object? And then a second part of the question was, can I just choose to activate an object action without a target just so I can KO the held object? Now, object action reads, close. If this character is holding an object, make a close attack targeting a single character and modify damage plus one if the object is light or plus two if the object is heavy. Immediately after the attack resolves, KO the object. The response to this from WizKids was, yes. For question one, the shape change. Yes, the attack resolves with no target, so the object would be KO'd. Now, I don't know if... Mm. That one I, I have an issue with, just because I feel like if shape change resolves, and there's no other target that you can choose, you don't get to the attack portion, which doesn't trigger the close close object action portion. I that's that's how I feel. I might be I mean uh, clearly it's been ruled this way so I am wrong, but I just feel like that one like if someone shape changes, you don't actually roll to attack and if you don't roll to attack, I feel like the object doesn't get broken. It would just be where yeah. Like with super senses it's like yeah, you swung the object but you missed, you know. So that's different. Shape change is just you never swing the object in my Why opinion. would I throw this at nothing? Well, it's in I mean it's like 
uh, I was about to smash Superman in the head with this trash can, but it turns out that was my grandma. So the trash can doesn't, like, implode in my hands. I'm like, oh, no, I better not hit grandma with this. So I'm still holding the trash can looking for Superman to smash him with it. But, you know, the grandma's standing there, so I'm not going to hit grandma. No. You know who would hit grandma? Carol Danvers would hit grandma, (laughs) like, in a heartbeat. That's when you fail the shape change roll. (laughs) Or maybe Uh, Wolverine was within three squares. That's right. And so... The scroll couldn't use shape change. The nose, nose, <laughs> bud. Yeah, I, I do. I did get a quite a bit of mileage out of that trait today. Uh, so the second half of the question was: Can I just choose to activate an object action without a target, just so I can KO the held object? The answer to that was yes. Note that in both examples, the character is not considered to have attacked, so effects that trigger off a character making an attack would not trigger. Which leads me to, isn't hmm. destroying an object an effect that triggers off of making an attack? But, I mean, clearly not, again, because they've ruled it as no, so I am wrong. As co- according to WizKids, I am wrong. But I just feel like if the attack isn't made, you're not swinging the object. The problem, so this is this is all fine and uh, you know good when you're talking about light and heavy objects as you know standard objects, but when you get into equipable objects, um, actual equipment, this gets into like a gray area because objects that have indestructible, such as Ock arms, Mjolnir, uh, any of the Infinity Gems, any of the Mandarin rings. All of these say indestructible, but they are destructible in object attacks. That's the one way you can get rid of these objects. So this leads into you can now TK a uh, like an equipable item that normally wouldn't be able to be destroyed. You can TK it, not even target somebody, and just TK it at nothing and destroy it. You can pick up like, I could have, like, a Mudman pick up Exospecs and then swing it at nothing, and the Exospecs just destroy. Um, I could have... What's somebody with super strength? Um, I could have Hulk. Batman. Sure, Hulk. Oh, 8 Batman. Let's go with 8 Batman. I could TK out 8 Batman, sidestep him, pick up your, your Mjolnir, and then range combat action, attack nothing with it, and it's destroyed. So, hmm. I have a Thanks. problem with this thematically. I get why it works as a game mechanic, but I have a severe problem with this thematically because you know what gets thrown a lot in comics, Calder? What's that? Mjolnir. That's kind of like the big thing that Thor does with it is like swing it and throw it at stuff. So, the fact that you can... And an opposing character can be like, not only am I not worthy, but also I'm just going to throw this hammer at nothing and it's going to explode because, you know, it's forged in Uru, which is clearly made out of, like, balsa wood or something now. I'm just going to throw this at nothing and it's going to disintegrate itself. I... uh, I clearly have strong Basically, feelings about this, so making, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go 
while I scream at the wall as it disintegrates because I'm doing nothing to it. <laughs> Turning every character into Hella, just like, hmm, shatter it in your own hand. Like, I can't pick this up normally, but I can look at it, move it with my mind, and then just explode it midair. Hmm, thanks, I hate it. But here we, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. So that's something you can do. Those oct doctor is Doctor Octopus's oct arms. Well, it's really Miss Miss Octopus. She might be a doctor, I guess. I don't know. Mrs. Miss Octopus. Her are her oct arms giving your vulture a little bit too much of an edge in the fight. We'll just call in that Jean Grey, and she can go ahead and TK that into nowhere, and it'll just blow up, and your opponent will be like, "Huh? Well, that sucks." And I mean, can continue on with the rest it makes of your me- game. So I, I was gonna do I was half tempted to do a Simeon soapbox on this because I think that they need to rein back what is indestructible because I think that if you took Ock arms unless they're adamantium Ock arms I think if you just took Ock arms you should be able to just like shoot them and they'd blow up or like be damaged beyond use you wouldn't be able to flurry with them yeah however there are clearly objects in the Marvel universe that truly are meant to be indestructible unless like a crazy amount of force or you know like infinity gauntlet is thrown at them so i think they should dial back what they give indestructible to and the few things they do give it to should actually maybe be indestructible because thematically it's just super silly now that uh like whether you're using stormbreaker thunderstrike mjolnir um, any of the like, like caps shield, anything like that, you can honestly just like toss it on the ground a few feet away from you, and <laughs> it's just destroyed. And I, I just don't know how to feel about that because uh, you're you're technically declaring a ranged com- or ranged object at- action. So since you declared it, it now gets to resolve, and the object is destroyed in that, which. Honestly, should Mjolnir be destroyed in a close object action? Like, I don't have it equipped. Should I be able to hit somebody with Mjolnir and it just gets destroyed when I hit him with it? Because that's another thing that Thor does all the time. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a weapon that he hits people with in every comic that he doesn't not have it in, you know. Yeah, clearly not. The I think objects need to be reworked just slightly. Uh, to make them a little, a little more thematic, especially stuff like Mjolnir that really shouldn't be destroyed in all these, uh, all these ways. Indestructible, but still like super destructible, you know, like not great. I think we need to rework uh, what destructible means. So it's not just like, yeah, you can totally destroy it in object attack still, but also like, do we want people paying three points for a heavy object that will always give them plus two and never go away? You know, like that's also not a great fix for it either for just an indestructible object that can keep holding and keep smacking someone over the head with over and over again like not super amazing but we there's 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 a fix in there somewhere i don't have to fix it that's not my job so yeah we used to have the tank turret that was you know remind me i'm pretty sure the tank turret object was not only indestructible like you could use it in multiple attacks it also was a super heavy, so yep. it was giving you yep. plus three. So, I mean, clearly there's like a median somewhere between the outright like gross 
and like something that makes sense thematically because right now we're working with uh you know Mjolnir is like one of the weakest objects in the MCU because Jean Grey can just like toss it into a corner and it explodes. So actually looking at the tank turn, this one isn't bad. Characters less than 100 points can't hold this object and then this object can't be the target of telekinesis. That is awesome. That's that should be on Mjolnir. Besides, I mean like if you're under 100 points, you really shouldn't be worthy of it. I know and I know there's a ton of Captain America's under 100 points. He's clearly the exception in my opinion. Uh but like that should that should totally be a thing indestructible has. This object can't be the target of telekinesis. That's a dope trait. There we go. We fixed it. You already well, fixed it in the past, like with the first one you made. So and if we're going to go if we're going to go that route, um the symbiote was immobile. Mjolnir yeah, exactly. super could have just been immobile, and that would have made a ton of sense, because if you're not worthy, like, if you are worthy, you know, you have to stand in the square and pick it up yourself. Yeah. If you are worthy, then, like, you can't TK it, you can't just, like, grab it and carry it around kind of thing. Yeah, immobile. Also, 100% makes sense for Mjolnir. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Is that everything for changes and clarification not really changes but clarifications wise that is all that i think is really relevant as of now um, okay if anyone wants to go on there um if you're having trouble finding it just message us on facebook and i can provide a link but really like there's so much to go over um let's see there's one for i'll go over two more there's one for blob from the newest set so the question was, if my opponent uses mind control on Blob during their turn, can he move Blob? This is in reference to uh, nothing moves the Blob. He is immobile, but only if it's not your turn. And at the end of your turn, if Blob was not moved or placed this turn, give him a stability token. Blob modifies defense plus one for each stability token. The qu so the question was, if someone mind controls it, they become friendly to their force. Can they then move him, even though he has that trait? The answer is yes. Blob would be friendly to your opponent during their turn, so the immobile effect would not apply. So, this is this is more of on the clarification side, because it is like one of those kind of niche things where it's like, you know, they're technically opposing, but during mind control they're technically friendly. So how does that work? And then there's one more on Nimrod. Um, so Nimrod's got that rollout thing, where if he matches or exceeds the opponent's attack, they take their printed damage. So the question was, if Nimrod is attacked and the attack is a critical hit, would Nimrod, Nimrod still get to roll for his trait? The answer was no. When a character becomes nice. a target or becomes hit, it bypasses any would-be effects. So this is actually different than what I thought it was going to be, because... It was similar enough to the AI Thanos, the 2x2 two two Thanos, that I thought they would rule it the same. Uh, it's not worded exactly the same, mm. so that's why they ruled it differently. But with the AI Thanos, he had a similar thing where he could roll and you would take the damage instead of him. And what that one became was, if you crit hit, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't evading the attack, which is why I think Thanos got to do it. But if you crit hit Thanos he would still take the full damage, plus the crit hit damage, but the opposing character would also take the damage, 
minus the crit hit damage. So they'd just take the printed damage um, if he matched the roll. So if you crit hit Nimrod, he does have a weakness. Nimrod cannot avoid crit hits. So all you got to do is, you know, roll two sixes against Nimrod. Super oh, that's easy. so easy. Super nice. easy, super tip from uh, Dial H. And that's such a reliable thing to count on as well. So. Oh, yeah. I that's awesome. base most of my matches on being able to crit hit things. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. All right. Well, that is that is great. That it's going to be all the rules update and clarifications, which will steadily move us on to the community section of the podcast. There are dozens of us. Dozens! This week's Community Tuesday's question was, after hearing us lamp blast the Living Tribunal last episode, what's a figure you feel is severely underpowered in Heroclix? Simeon, what is your choice for an underpowered like figure in Heroclix? Um, so I already did Living Tribunal. That's right. So I'm gonna go. Wanna... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not gonna go into Living Tribunal further. Although I could, huh. I could very, very easily go into Living Tribunal further. Um, I'm actually gonna go into Superman because we've gotten a lot of good Supermans over the year, over the over the course of HeroClix history. There's some great Supermans out there. But I don't feel like we've gotten a great one recently. Um, if you are a fan of Superman comic books, which why wouldn't you be? Uh, you'd have to be like some sort of ranch hand to not think mm. Superman's the best. Mm. Uh, <laughs> no, if you, if you actually are a fan of Superman comics, you'll know that it takes quite a lot to damage him. It takes quite a lot for it to like you know, come to his level for him to, you know, struggle against. The guy in, uh, I think in the Rebirth comics in New 52, they were testing out his strength and he was, like, able to lift, like, eight times the weight of Earth or something silly like that, which led me to question how can you test that at all because you can't lift the weight of the planet eight times when you're on the planet because there's nothing to lift that's that heavy, and also, physically, you would just destroy whatever object you're pressing against. But I digress. Um, no, I think they need to make a Superman, or at least some DC character, villain, otherwise, that is on like the same power level as what they gave Unimind. Unimind is just crazy powerful, and he's kind of like a nobody Marvel character, uh, unless you're yeah. really big into the Eternals he kind of is just like a... I don't want to say a one-off character, but he's like a very back-burner, something they haven't revisited in a long time character. And he's crazy powerful compared to any Superman, literally any Superman for the same points. Unimind is better by tenfold. And it's a little silly to me that we haven't gotten a Superman that can stand toe-to-toe with stuff like that for the same points. So that's my choice. Okay, uh, cool. Let me just... Yeah, hello. I would like to issue a uh, new co-host. We got a Superman lover in the house. We need to, we need to cut that out. Uh, so, yeah, just get back to me. And, okay. Oh, no, wait. This is me. I, I call the shots. That's right. Okay, okay. I'm going to have some news for you after the show. Just, uh, just come back into my office, right, Simeon? Uh, anyways, uh, a character I think is severely... You can't fire me, I quit. 
if you say Captain America. I'm not going to say Captain America. We've actually had an overabundance of really good Captain Americas. Uh, yeah, we really Earth X have. Captain America is amazing. The latest Black Panther, uh, rare Captain America, is to me like the pinnacle of Captain America's ever. Besides the fact that he doesn't have a cool shield ricochet style ability, I think the rest of the dial is like pure red, white, and blue, just perfect, like comic accurate Captain America. I really, no, I really cannot complain about um, how powerful I think Captain Americas are. I do think ghost riders aren't very powerful in my opinion i i really maybe because i really like ghost rider and i hype him up a lot he was very powerful at a time but it wasn't ghost rider that made him powerful it was bat belts uh non-errata adheres for hire ata and like all this other stuff you know he had back then bad shredders like when he had a token he could plink someone and he had mystics like he was still a good figure and i still really like that ghost rider um, but now we have, like, Ghost Rider with just, like, Ram or whatever. I want a, a scary Hellfire, like, Ghost Rider should terrify. And this Ghost Rider Mammoth is just terrible. For, like, for the points, he's super underpowered. So I feel Ghost Rider throughout a lot of hero clicks is not the terrifying presence. Like, if you, you saw a person with a flaming skull walking toward you, and you know he has the power of, like, hell and damnation to judge your soul for eternity, like... That's terrifying, and he can you can shoot him a bullets and can spit him back out at you. He's I mean, it's it's awesome, it's insane, and maybe it's because I was playing a lot of Marvel vs. Capcom this weekend. But like Ghost Rider's so good in that game, especially. Um, I, I will destroy anyone at Marvel vs. Capcom uh, for Infinite. Uh, just don't at me. This Ghost Rider's stupid good, in my hands that is. Uh, everybody else just sucks. I can you know, agree I really, with that, yeah, because the pennant stare alone is something that's hard to translate to hero clicks it is no it is yeah but in uh the old fantastic four cartoon they're fighting galactus and ghost rider pennant stares galactus and he just like stumbles backwards and like falls over because it's like the the souls of like millions of worlds that he's consumed that are like coming back to haunt him so i'd like to see a ghost rider that can pennant stare galactus and (laughs) actually pull it off um a passive effect like that, even if they only gave it like, like penetrating damage within like range value, or penetrating poison within range or something like that, that'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, he's got so many. That'd be a character that would really make sense for shifting focus. But he's got so yeah. many cool things and uh, shifting focus or a really dope title character. Like, yeah, I could, I could see, see him title doing his ultimate too. being the penance stare. Where he grabs someone and just like hell fire and he just like you know breathes at him or like whatever he does like we need a we just need a sick Ghost Rider like so bad like if you look back at the Amazing Spider-Man one and I'm just looking at his dial again just for a reference for 145 points it's kind of terrible now like yikes man this is bad this is really bad oh jeez oh my god he has six usable clicks in his last he's like 15 with regen like this is this is yikes hellfire which is two action tokens you give him a free action and deal one pen to opposing character than three squares like what yeah that's his that's his attack power it's not even a trait so you get knocked off that i mean like oh dude that's so rough but oh man yeah no he's, he's rough now i really do feel like they make ghost riders pretty underpowered and it's been since we got a normal one it was avengers defenders war so i think we're overdue for a normal ghost rider and especially a good ghost rider uh but going into i'll start us off here on twitter going to what everybody else thought we have let me double check citizen 
Chris Kurtz. And he says, Juggernaut. He doesn't think one maid lives up to that guy. This is this is difficult because we just got a really stupid good juggernaut just recently. Yeah, that 300-point monster, that 2x2. Two two, um, honestly, I don't know. Just his defense click alone is the like the pinnacle of what juggernaut is. Unoutwittable. Can't mind control, can't pensai. Uh, not that Pensai works on Invincible anyhow, but can't outwit, can't do, you can't really do anything. Um, is it protected pulse wave? I think it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, so like you, you honestly can't do anything unless you have like someone that can take away protected outwit, and that's, I mean, there's there's several figures that can do that in the game, but not enough that. It doesn't make him scary, no matter like even even if even if I'm playing Possessor, the guy that uh, the Eternal or not Eternal, um, the Elder of the Marvel Verse. I don't know what are they called? The Elders, I think. Uh, the one that can take away protected outwit as a free action, and then he also has that outwit on that click. Um, even if you're playing him outwitting the juggernaut and maybe getting like two shots off he's probably gonna hit you for a lot anyhow no yeah for sure if this was uh let's scroll back here 2015 i would i would agree yep. i would agree uh because yeah, the, the uncanny, uncanny x they weren't great the deadpool juggernaut terrible combat values the invincible iron man juggernaut is 100 percent garbage he is so bad so incredibly terrible the invincible iron man juggernaut is a spit in the face to anyone that likes juggernaut uh, but yeah dude if we if it, if it was that era i'd totally agree and say yeah no we don't have a good juggernaut we don't have a definitive juggernaut yet but this but this new Calder, one is what about the free comic book day charles xavier juggernaut yeah, but that's not kane marco you know <laughs> like that's that's Charles. That's a, that's a what if. I don't think any what if character should ever count for a definitive version or whatever. So yeah, uh, go ahead and hit us with the next one on Facebook. All right. So on Facebook, David Herberger says the last Amazo made was scaled a scaled down version. I would love the dial. I love the dial, but I would like to see an Amazo that is capable of taking down several Justice League members. So Amazo. I think he was able to like adapt. He was kind of like an, uh, the DC version of it, like an adaptoid, where or Doomsday, I guess he was similar to Doomsday, where he could like, if he made physical contact with a Justice League member, he could like copy what they could do. And so that makes sense. Somebody that has the speed of the Flash, the strength of Superman, the lasso of Truth of Wonder Woman, uh, the you know the brains of Batman, the. Uh, phasing of martian manhunter um i'm sure there's something i'm missing uh energy explosion from green arrow sure uh look at amazo yeah he's super lame yikes yeah i'll agree with that i'll agree with that sure now we have demon hunter that's his superhero rank is superhero demon hunter excuse me uh, Mammoth Ghost Rider. I will forever hate that his Colossal Retail is both a power action and only activates when a friendly character is KO'd. That is also a terrible uh, reason. He has uh, really garbage retaliation for Mammoth Ghost Rider. It's just, yeah, it's too hard to do and he's way too many points. It's just, it's bad. Yeah, his lowest point value at 100. Um, 
it's almost like they almost like they gave him the point value of old mystics where it was unavoidable i played against one i've played against several of the mammoth ghost riders and being able to outwit and just hit him for a ton of damage and also have a character that has invincible so it's like oh, i shrug off penetrating damage from your mystics it's such a slap in the face of like what that figure is meant to do and what it's meant to be Citizen Peter Marshfield says Necron. He seems great in theory, but in reality, is a lack of move and attack really hinders him. His really hinders his effectiveness. When the Joker's Wild JSA team can take him down with their simple dials, Necron just gets his clock cleaned. It was at this time he knew that he screwed up when he bought that Necron. But I actually won Necron. Uh, not in a War of Light. I won it in like a event that happened afterwards. Um, the sculpt is amazing. I love the sculpt, especially with the uh, black lantern thing that's like behind him. And he's got a thing. I can't. I'm just going off of memory here, so I can't remember exactly. But he's got a thing where he gives. He gets a click where it's like everyone on the board, including opposing characters, get regen. But for every click they regenerate, he also regenerates. So if you play against him like a team, like a boss battle kind of thing where there's multiple teams, and someone is silly enough to like heal their uh, like wildcat, it's like, oh, I really need a regen now that you gave that to me. Necron also gets to heal like whatever mm-hmm. wildcat heals. So that's cool, but I agree Necron was like a threat that could take on a lot of Green Lanterns at one time. And if he can't hold up to the JSA, I mean, not to say the JSA's attack values are mostly 10s. There's a few 11s in there. But the big thing is they can share that 18. Most of them have like 18s. And then they get like the plus stats, the plus like the simpler time kind of things that make them even better. So being able to have a whole team of 18 defense is pretty big, I think. So that makes sense a little bit as why like they can stand up to him. Mm, yeah. Not thematically, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Vigilante collectible Cyclops pieces tend to be underpowered in my opinion. It should be hard to get near him. He should have the chance to push opposing characters away if they become adjacent. You know what, you're right. I think Cyclops is pretty inaccurate. I believe that if an opposing character also is all red, that he shouldn't be able to make attacks against them at all. That should definitely be a trait all Cyclopses have. But but no, yeah, like, he never really punches someone that often, unless it was like AVX or whatever. Yeah. He's normally, you know, sitting in the back, shooting Cyclops. a lot of lasers. When Cyclops is a... He is an accomplished martial artist. He's a good hand-to-hand combatant. Not on the same level as like Wolverine, of course, the best of the X-Men. Of course. But um, no, like combat reflexes wouldn't be too far of a stretch to give him. Um, if we got a Cyclops that was similar to the Captain, the rare Captain America from Avengers, mm. Black Panther, Illuminati, um, I do like the uncommon that we got, where he can give. So I think leadership should always come with like a little bonus thing. Either they don't have to be adjacent. If they're a true leader like Cyclops and Captain America, they 
should always have like a thing where they don't have to be adjacent and they get some sort of boost. Um, and one of the older hero clicks, it wasn't hero clicks exactly, but it was like a hero click side game. Leadership just gave you a static plus one like attack value across the board for like if you had that leadership, then you just had plus one stats or plus one attack for your, your entire team. And I'm not saying Cyclops should have that, but the new Cyclops with his ability to give the free move is pretty cool. I just think they should have more yeah. like tactical kind of, you know, rather than taking an action token off. That seems more like a pat on the back that you give someone. You're like, all right, bud, get back in the fight. Whereas I think sure, uh, yeah. Cyclops is more like tactical. So he's going to be like, all right, there's a Sentinel over there. The best way to take it down is if uh, we shoot Wolverine out of a cannon and he just, like, berserker barrages it, you know. So maybe he gives Wolverine flurry or he gives Jubilee a plus one to her energy explosion or he makes Storm decent. I don't know. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, I I feel like that's uh, definitely true. All right, we've got... Protagonist Jeff Polier says, similar to the complaint about Living Tribunal, it's ridiculous that Q doesn't have improved targeting. So if you don't know, if you're not a big Star Trek fan, Q hmm. is kind of like the Beyonder or Mr. Mixopodic. He's kind of like a fifth dimensional creature that can pop in and out whenever he feels like. Time doesn't move the same to them as it does to us. Um, they can like hide in pocket dimensions. They can move an entire starship to a different portion of the galaxy or to a different time. They've got crazy amounts of power. And so the rest of his comment says, I would call either version of Q underpowered, though. Captain Marvel, ah! Carol, Danvers, Carol Danvers, is often underpowered, overcosted. The movie set had three really great versions, the common, rare, the shifting focus, and the non-title chase, but the versions from other sets haven't been good. She should be on par with Superman's power levels, but that rarely happens. Mm. And I, I agree with both of those. So Captain Marvel should be on, she should be on par with uh, like Superman to an extent, but she's more blasty than punchy. Um, sure. And then sure. I think Q, the fact that he's got, no matter what point value you play the new Qs at. He's got super senses. I I understand why he has super senses, but Black Dwarf for 100 points has Invincible and super senses with a 19 defense. And so I don't think that'd be a bridge too far for Q to have Invincible because it's not easy. They don't, like, just shoot a phaser at Q and easily hit him. Or maybe he should have had super senses on, like, a 3 through 6 or something so that it was really? like a lot harder really? to hit him. Really? 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 You think it you think it's that easy to take care of uh Mr. Mr. Q there that he needs some like damage damage reducer apparently? Really? Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Is am I, am I honk honk? We really are in clown world, Simeon. <laughs> uh if if Q is is just the easiest pushover in all of hero clicks in the universe. Like I'm not saying he's impossible to kill. Um but if you happen to notice, dice manipulation is a little little good. Nowadays. Dice manipulation and his ability to auto super senses if he rolls well is pretty cool. So I, I'll give that 
I, but, I'm going to say this. He might be inaccurate, but I would not call him underpowered. That's fair enough, yeah. Okay. He's he's a little inaccurate. Um, maybe his higher dials should have had a little more oomph, and then like the 50-point the and 30-point for the prime should have just been like what they are now, but yeah. Give him like top dial 300 points, he has Invincible, then the next lowest he has Invulnerable, Toughness, like whatever. You know, sure, I could, I could see that if that's a, a thing that would help, I guess. Yeah, yeah, excuse. Okay, uh, protagonist Ben Jones, Black Widow. There's no great one in modern. She's a super spy. At least give her an 11 attack top dial if she's 50 or 60 points. Yeah, all the Black Widows are bad. I yeah. Will, I, I can confidently say they're bad. Uh, going as far to say as, do they even have stealth? I mean, like, yikes with these modern Black Widows. They, they are pretty terrible. I'll totally agree with that, though. Yeah, um, when yeah, the best Black Widow is Yelena. Yeah, and she's like, not even like the truest Black Widow, but she's, oh, she's better Battle than has stealth, but she's Natalia. Terrible. But um, yeah, Black Widow should have the stats of uh, Lady Shiva from Joker's Wild. She should have like that twelve attack blades that Lady Shiva has, maybe even some flurry or something to make her a dangerous close combatant kind of thing. All right. Uh, on the side note of that, on HC Realms, the Fast Forces Avengers Infinity Black Widow does have one comment. This is the, all caps, best Black Widow for the points. So someone else is arguing that we actually have the best Black Widow for the points in modern. There you With go. That, uh, and that one actually does have stealth as well. So I guess there are. It's like it's a 50-50 on the modern ones that have stealth and don't have stealth. Why don't they all have stealth? I have no, no idea. Well, you know. I think to an extent you could even give them like mind control or something, or maybe I don't know something. Yeah, Danny Meacham says Scarlet Witch. No version we have should, would scare anyone with the Phoenix Force. Give me a full-powered witch. So yeah, the Scarlet Witch in the comics um, had the infamous "No More Mutants" that like whole storyline slash. Uh, errata slash uh you know thing that she did where she wiped out like 99 percent of the mutants except the important ones somehow um Hmm. funny how that works yeah if she had like a double power action opposing characters couldn't use powers until your next turn i mean you'd, you'd clearly have to cost her appropriately but i could see a scarlet witch being that powerful I totally agree. I'll agree with that. There is no ultimately powerful Scarlet Witch. I could do that. Loyal Miller. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is it because I am? Yeah, Citizen Loyal Miller says, Now, to be serious, I feel like Doctor Strange is always weaker than I want him to be in every single way. Yeah, I mean, like, the movies make him seem a lot more powerful than I've ever noticed him being in comics, but I don't read a ton of Doctor Strange unless it's, like, old Defenders books. So that could be it. Like, the movies definitely make Doctor Strange seem, like, a thousand times more powerful than he is, especially when he has the Time Stone. Yeah. Uh, so, so that could be it. But also, I could see how you would think Doctor Strange is a little underpowered. I think most of them... I think have, Sheriff like, Strange attack. is our, oh, like... He's, like, our best he's like our best modern strange and even then he doesn't he doesn't like do a whole lot of doctor strange stuff um 
you know, he's good for what he does, but he's not really, like, a definitive Doctor Strange figure. Um, I think the D20 Doctor Strange is actually pretty good. He's just higher-costed Faust, which, I mean, it's probably why I've never played him, but I think he's actually, you know, solid for... It makes sense that he can do, like, you know, the the winds of Watum, the crimson bands of Sidorak, you know, all the all the spells that he knows. Sure. Speaking of Millers, Chris Miller says, I would say Nightcrawler. So I, think I don't know, got, we, we got some really good Nightcrawlers. Yeah, we've got some really good Nightcrawlers. Um, clearly none in modern. No, uh, sure. even the last ones we got in 20, for Uncanny X-Men, I would say those are both really underpowered Nightcrawlers. I would say for sure, especially compared to the other ones. I, I do like the Days of Future Past and Spirit Foes of Spider-Man. Not Spirit Foes of Spider-Man, but the, whatever, the Web of Spider-Man Nightcrawler. Those are both great. Yeah, though that's the one like with the crazy hypersonic or like phasing or something. I don't remember what it was he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Nightcrawler had hypersonic, the Web of Spider-Man. And then the Days of Future Past one was great because he had ESD and combat reflexes and he had this really cool prob. Anytime he was targeted with an attack at all, he could re-roll the dice. Like, that was really cool, like, Bamfy Nightcrawler. Like, it's dope. It's really dope. So we, I think we do have some Nightcrawlers that are really good. Um, just not recently, which is a bummer. Ray W. says specifically Professor X in the brand new uh, set. Says he's underpowered. I can see why he says that. Yeah. For, sure. For 100 points? Yeah, I wouldn't play that. I like the Colossal Stamina. And I like his potential, but if your opponent is smart, he's going to just be, like, the first target. and Because, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to get him to land on that 12 attack for 4 damage with Pensai, so... Wait, you're not going to pick ping him for exactly 4 damage and then just never touch him forever? What? Yeah, I'm not going to ping him and also KO an opposing figure to leave him on the board with 12 attack ah. Pensai. Although he doesn't have move and attack or even sidestep on that click, yeah. he is still like a threat. So um, that was all we had on Facebook, though. So what do you have left on Twitter? On Twitter, we have Six Ranch and 2.0. Chance McCall said, maybe not the best example, but Dr. Doom always seems two-point heavy. Now, I'm glad he says this because this is what I would have instantly countered with, excluding Zombie Doom because it's not Doom proper. But that Zombie Doom is so dope. Just re-looking at him, that if you played Tri-Sentinels against this Doom, he would just win in, like, a turn. Because as soon as you destroy any piece of blocking, not just his barrier, you deal that opposing character one penetrating damage. That's just hilarious to me. I do think one thing about the zombie Dr. Doom is that he's a little over-point-costed nowadays, which is true for about all zombies. Uh, 175 points for about 7 clicks of life is a little rough uh, for zombie Doom. Uh, He does have an 18 impervious, which is great, but just uh, for how low the dial is and how how quick he drops off from, like, a 10 attack to, like, you know, running shot pulse wave without wit and all this really cool stuff, you know, like, it's so important for zombies to get that first attack off, and it's super important that Doom does, because once he is off that, it's it's going to be rough hitting, you know, but but I, I still think he's a great Doctor Doom. And, of course, it's also really tough uh, choosing a character like Doctor Doom because we haven't gotten him so long, so, of course, every version is a little weak. It's going to seem super weak nowadays, just because, you know. Uh, but hopefully that changes. Hopefully do we get a really, really good Doctor Doom coming up. And then the last one is SpikeGuy55 said, In response to his exclusion from the awesome X-Men animated series, I'd say in a, any Apocalypse figure 
When he's across the board from you, you should immediately be scared enough to, <laughs> to grab your pants. Just by his presence, Apocalypse deserves better. I've uh, literally read nothing ever with Apocalypse in it. So I can't attest to how you know poop your pants he is just by looking at the guy. Uh, but I would assume, since he's basically the X-Men's uh, Thanos or Darkseid for, like, mutants, that, yeah, you should... I guess I've seen... I saw the Age of Apocalypse movie, but that did not do, do him justice at all, so... Yeah. Yeah. He has an, a whole age named after him, so, you know... I mean... Out of all the, uh... I mean, Ultron terrible has a whole futures. Age. <laughs> yeah. Like... And we've probably <laughs> we've probably gotten a few Ultrons that are scary, like the uh, the Phalanx and the Age of Ultron, oh, like sure. the giant true. robot version. That's true. Um, but Apocalypse, probably, I, I'd say like if they made him with his like celestial armor and like full Age of Apocalypse style, it took like Wolverine's entire. I don't, I don't know what they called it in the Age of Apocalypse, probably like the Resistance or something. But like it took his like whole team to take Apocalypse down. But his his uh, celestial armor is like its own thing that uh, gives him like a crazy power boost, and so he can just wipe out like certain figures right off the bat, or at least he should yeah. be able to. Um, I think he he falls under a little bit of like power creep. And at the time, he was a little toned down to begin with. So, yeah, we since we haven't seen one recently, and the ones that we did have don't stand up at all today, I agree with that one. For sure. And then that'll bring a close to our Community Tuesday section. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. We really appreciate that. Moving on to Jedi Legends Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. We don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Going Golden Age is capture in play. Well, don't forget, you can rescue a captured character by declaring a power action and rolling 2d6. Place a token on the freed character who can take an action. Uh, I've literally never, ever played with someone who's used capture. Like, literally ever. <laughs> uh, I don't know how common it pops up. I do know there are some figures that have it. And I always thought it was like a really cool ability, like doing the whole Krampus uh, switch thing that was popular for a while with him and uh, the Daemonite, De- Demon- whatever his name is, the, the dude who was like, if you took him out of the plastic, you'd cut your hand a million times because he's got this stupid cape. Um, I'll think of his name eventually. Uh, anyways, like, uh, he was really cool. But I've, have you played against Capture ever, Simeon? I've never played against it. I have played with it. And so oh, okay. it's definitely like a Golden Age thing. I don't even think... Well, I, I know for sure there's no... After the 20, 2017 rules, Capture was not included in those rules. So yeah. if you play it, you have to go with like the pre-2017 rules for it um, and just kind of like wing it. You just kind of have to like mm. homebrew it. Um, but for, for what it worked for me, I would either play Krampus... I know the police car used to have an ability where you could... You could capture as well, but it was basically you make a close attack that deals no damage. You take that if you hit, you take that character, you put him on like the sideline or on like the character's card that captured them, and then I think you had to get back to your your starting area. And there's like a bunch of other rules that went along with it, where like you could free them by rolling two d six and stuff like that. But if you got back to your starting area with the captured character, 
the game just or the character just like was auto KO'd basically. Hmm. Okay. So cool. So overall, if you're if you have uh, capture on your team, you should also bring an old school uh, pack just in case. No, well, is was it a pack or was it in the normal rules? Actually, I I assume pack, it was right? in the the old ability? pack, but okay. possibly also in the older rules. Yeah. But yeah, that is the good silly to know. thing about it was. If you had, like, let's say you're playing, like, a 300-point team and someone played, like, Sentry Void and you had a team with, like, a bunch of Perplex and TK, you could, like, TK your capture person out and, like, perplex them up and capture Sentry Void. And with the old rules, if a character was off the map or if the opposing character had no characters on the map, the game just ended. And so against, like, a 300-point team, if you had capture... You would just like auto win when you captured their one figure, their one man army kind of thing. Oh, that was great because it used to work with mind control too. If you mind controlled their one figure, they had no characters left on their team, so you would just win. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. a. It's good that it's gone, but oh, for sure, yeah, because that sucked. Yeah, and I, I think they're moving away from one man armies anyhow. But I mean, it still would be. It'd be similar to like copycat, like just taking one of your figures that you needed. It'd be like, oh, I just don't have that guy until I, I can, you know, get over there and take him back, kind of thing. I can't wait for the next Golden Age game I play where it's just copycat and Magneto. It's like, oh, that's that's a neat strategy you had lined up. It sucks, bro. <laughs> Too bad and you're missing is... these two figures. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks, dude. Hopefully they weren't pinnacle or anything to your team. Uh, so, and then that was Jedi Legends Tip of the Week. Thank you so much, Jedi Legend. Next up, we have a Malcolm Rush question block. That's in Japan! Japan? No, 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 no. I can't go to Japan. <clears throat> Except we are going to Japan, in a way, in our, in our own fun little way. So he says, for real, stranger, crazy reason, WizKids hired you as consultant. He is right. <laughs> that would be a crazy reason. Please give your best, worst, and crazy or off-the-wall advice in these in these areas. So he's got ten questions. Uh, we're not going to do uh, worst, crazy, best, whatever, all of them. We're just going to try to do uh, what we feel is is helpful. And if we have something funny or like what a good worst one to be, then sure, let's do it. Uh, but number one, you are a consultant about HeroClix for WizKids. Would you solve any problem with any of these? Or offer any advice, and if you think it's fine, you can just leave it alone. So you just you don't you don't have to fix everything. You don't have to say I have a perfect solution for everything because you might not. It might just be fine the way it is. So number one was packaging of hero clicks. This can go several ways. Simeon, you go for it. So <clears throat> for packaging, I was thinking the uh, the gravity feed style boosters for two by twos. So if you've opened any AI boosters or any of the new X-Men stuff, you will see that even though there's some sculpt reuse, so like if you open the Rachel Summers Phoenix and also a Dark Phoenix, that's the same like clamshell kind of packaging that it like is form-fitted. Uh, same with Proteus, um, I think Magneto, Exodus, Eugene, and... Madrix and Juggernaut all share the same like little insert kind of thing. If you've opened enough, you realize like there's a lot of kind of wacky shapes that they have going on. And so I think if they just made, if they kind of made them like the Magneto slash you know Madrix slash Juggernaut style one, that'd be great. 
Um, but otherwise, if they did it like gravity feed style, I'd like that a little bit more just because it would cut back on... I assume it would cut back on like cost a little bit. They wouldn't have to form fit all of these like shells. I don't know how much money that takes or how much time, but I think that would be a little bit of a, a boost. And yeah. then... I went with the Joker's Wild and Superior Foes of X-Men style packaging for full set stuff. That was the one where the it was the five figure boosters that were like inverted. So the bases went down instead of being stuck up through. Mm, yeah. And then it also had the little foam pad on the side. And I really liked those because they just uh they seemed to like secure your figures a little bit better. I think obviously it wasn't as beneficial monetarily um maybe it cost them more maybe it you know didn't work as well or what have you but i think that was i think a lot of people liked that style more than the the traditional style that we usually get out of five figure boosters yeah for sure Uh, i i like the packaging of boosters i think they're fine i heck i keep some boosters that i just like you know like this earth x booster i just keep a random earth x booster because i like earth x i like the art on it um speaking of the art i think it should have a art buy when they use someone's art uh obviously you can tell alex ross art most people can but some people can't uh so i think it'd be cool to have an uh, an art buy under the like all the words and stuff alex ross for the artist for whatever booster we use and then but like looking at it it's totally cool top selling collectible miniatures game origins award winner like yeah that's absolutely stuff people should know you win an award with your game heck yeah you want that to be advertised it tells you collect all 70 figures like you know, choking hazard, children are three years. Maybe get rid of the 14 plus as uh, our our world champion. Although is 14 was playing for a, a long time before that. And yeah, this I... was a national like. <laughs> and I really do think this case. This is like a really. I don't want to. I don't. Really I want to know if win. anyone called a judge like prior to his world's win, like back in when he was like you know playing at the uh, the rock rocktober rock cup. Or when yeah. he was playing at nationals, if anyone was like, "Judge, I need a, I need an ID." Does he have an ID to make sure that he is 14 plus? Because yeah, that is, it is a little silly. Um, I think that's on there for like mostly the choking hazard and stuff. But sure, yeah. Well, the choking hazard is not for children under three years, but it also has the ages 14 plus. So it's a little funny. But I think there's also all these great links where it says learn more at HeroClicks.com, you know, become part of the community, all this other good stuff. So I think overall booster design is fine. I don't think I could complain at all about booster design. I like the idea that we're doing one piece of art for boosters nowadays because apparently for some reason there's a problem, like in the Deadpool set and the Spider-Man set, that one style of booster art just for some reason had a higher chance at getting something more rare like super rares and chases and stuff. Uh, which is ridiculous uh, beyond me. Booster art should definitely not determine, because that gives you the edge, right, to figure out what could be in the booster. They're just like, this booster has a chance at getting a more rare thing, or at least that's what people kind of came to the conclusion of. Uh, so overall, I think packaging is, is great. Um, and I kind of wrote the same thing. Uh, bring the foam. I like the foam block back. Uh, I don't know if I loved the inverted one, because sometimes my figure would, I, found, I found it easier for figures to pop out, right? Because there's no, besides that foam block sort of, like an edge over the dial the figures could still like get popped out unlike nowadays or however they always were it's impossible to pop them out because if they go down it's just cardboard box you know like so they're not going to fall out or rattle around in the booster Um, but i really did like the little foam block obviously that is expensive and maybe more tedious to do and everything but it was awesome i really 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 liked that with the spider-man set 
Um, next up, hero clicks dials. Please include uh, powers, abilities, traits, etc. How would you fix things like hero clicks dials? So this isn't really out of the box or crazy, but for powers, I would make in-cap include the printed damage with a token afterwards. So it would be, um, it's, it'd be the same as it is, it'd be like closer range, and it would be deal your character's printed damage, and then afterwards give a hit character's um, a token. So if you had three damage and two targets, you could dual target, and deal three, all three to one person, but they were both hit, so they both get action tokens. As it sits, it's kind of wonky. It's usually like a power action for a power action. Uh, maybe you have triple target in cap, but normally in cap isn't used unless it's like a special version or it's a really cheap character. Like uh, Dolphin is only 30 points and has two targets with in cap. So I've used her before, but I don't think it gets used as often just because it's kind of overcosted for what it does. Um, and then I put uh, allow object attacks with hypersonic if the character has a speed above a certain level. So I'd say like 11 or so, because you don't want Superman, you don't want like Casey Superman flying in with his like six damage already and then hitting you with an object for eight from like full speed. But I think Flash is fast enough and also, like, able to maneuver enough as at his, like, full speed that he could easily hit you with a light object. And maybe he'd want to do that instead of, you know, hit, like, Colossus with his fist. So, I mean, like, let's say Quicksilver and Colossus are in a fight. Now, Colossus can't really catch Quicksilver because he's too fast for him. But Quicksilver can't really damage Colossus because Colossus is made out of organic steel. So... If Quicksilver could pick up like a, I don't know, a fire extinguisher or a bowling ball or, you know, something like that and smack Colossus with it, it'd probably be smarter. And also it would make sense that he could do that while running because, you know, that's his whole thing is he runs real fast. Um, <clears throat> so I, I thought that was fair. Um, it'd be really convoluted to change hypersonic to do that. So it'd probably just be better as a special power on each of those characters. Mm -hmm. And then I think for mind control, you should be able to target the... So if you target someone with mind control, you can then move half speed and make a close or range attack, which isn't bad, but if you're fighting against a... Like, let's say you're playing a 300-point game and you're fighting against a single figure and half of your team is mind control pieces, I think that you should be able to like have that figure punch itself in the face, kind of. So you should be able to mind control and roll an attack to see if that character hits itself and then deal its own printed damage to itself. Because, I mean, you are mind mm. controlling it. It's under your control. You should be able to, like, you know, attack more than just opposing characters with it in my opinion or maybe a little uh why you hitting yourself action going on oh absolutely or like walk cool. them off a ledge or you know like simple stuff like that would be pretty cool um and then as far as I, uh, I've, I've heard there's a character that can walk people off edges did you pull that off calder no, there's not we're a not character. Talk about that. <laughs> there's not a character. Well, not for me. There's not a character that can do that. But I uh, hope for other people there is. 
and Devin will work it out on one of his videos, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, as far as like abilities or traits, I'd like to see something that introduces a new game-winning mechanic instead of just KOing figures. Something similar to like building Exodia in like a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, where um, or like Black Swan, her like last click. If she was the mm, yeah. if she was the last character on the team, and she was damaged to that click, then the game just ended and you won, which never happened because anyone that knew the character would never leave her for last or would never damage her in a way that would like put her on that click. It wasn't even a stop click, so she could get hit off of it. Like, right. So there's a lot of reasons why that didn't work, but I think just uh, stuff like that where you could have potential other ways of scoring points or winning the game would be interesting. And then similar to Sheriff Strange, I just think uh, more traits and stuff to rein in other game mechanics. So you get a lot of stuff. We've got like Spiderling and we've got Commander Steel and we've got a few other characters that can come like, you know, combat against uh, Colossals and the retaliation mechanic. But I think um, if we had more stuff for ID cards and more stuff for like special equipment that didn't seem like it wasn't worth playing. Um, I think Sheriff Strange is worth playing, but a lot of the characters that get rid of equipment don't seem especially worth playing when you can just call in Jean Grey and have her TK it away or TK smash it now. Stuff like that. All right. Right on. I had uh, just some simple ones about dials. For the most part, I like... Uh, the way most dials are made nowadays, uh, there are just a few things thematically that I really don't care for. Vehicles being one of them, I feel like generic vehicles, ones that aren't specifically like Punisher Van, Spider Buggy, Batmobile, whatever, should not break theme. Uh, hey man, I'm just happy you showed up. Like, I don't care if you drove your Camry here. Let's let's get it going. Like, I I don't I really don't feel like a generic vehicle should break a theme. It doesn't make a lot of sense. To me personally, uh, but they should still have keywords like vehicle keyword and whatnot. Like I still think that's cool, but uh, I'm not a fan of vehicles breaking theme. Leap climb needs something. I, I uh, there's a lot of people that have had fixes for it and whatnot. I'm not gonna say I have a perfect fix for it or anything. Leap climb, uh, it still needs something. And for the first time ever yesterday, somebody. Or not yesterday, but during our X-Men pre-release, somebody used uh, Frenzy uh, while doing her leap climb to make an attack up elevated. And I was like, nice. This is like the first time. It wasn't my game. It was a game next to mine. But I was like, that is so cool. That's the first time I've literally ever seen someone use that ability that leap climb has. It's just so crazy, oddly specific. I'm glad it happened. Uh, one change for a power I would make, I really liked Precision Strike. I think it got nerfed a little too hard. I really liked it when it would uh, not let your opposing character mastermind damage. I thought it was cool. Like, I am Precision Striking you. I am attacking you with such pinpoint accuracy that you can't just shove a lackey or whatever or dodge whatever they think mastermind means, whether they're stepping out of the way or shoving a lackey in front of them, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to shoot that guy. Trying to shoot you, boss man. That's what I'm going for. So I really, I really liked that in Precision Strike, and I want them to bring that back for sure. And number three, HeroClix sculpts. For HeroClix sculptures, I, I really couldn't think of like a ton of stuff. Um, 
I love like the effects and stuff that they do. I guess like my one suggestion would be like more dynamic poses. Um, even if it was just like Superman looking like the, like the uh, Superman from the Justice League China. He's doing like the the one arm and like a you know like flexing his bicep and the one hand up kind of thing. Even if it's just Superman doing that, or you know like Cyclops like shooting like a little laser punch dimension beam um just something more dynamic that makes sense for a character that's attacking or moving or however stuff like the kingpin where he's just like standing behind his desk and it's like all right this is this is great as like a leader who stays in like the back but what happens if i like move him his six speed and now he's like standing with a desk in a bush he's carrying that desk around i mean He's got the muscle for it, but he does. It's it's just like a weird kind of. I mean, uh, toy maker. I think toy maker. Yeah, he's got like the same kind of thing going on. So there's like a lot of figures that are just they're great. It's gonna be weird with the WWE when uh, like Kane is walking around with a turnbuckle the entire game, and you're like, are you just always in a corner ro- somehow? Hey, like <laughs> if he's if he's on the right map, he's always adjacent to two plus ropes, baby. Just saying, just saying. Put that bad boy on King's Tomb. Bam! Two plus ropes everywhere. Always ropes. Always ropes. Um, for so for my one suggestion, what other than using like more dynamic kind of poses or more like uh, heroic poses or villainous poses, would be use your existing D and D miniatures. Uh, WizKids. WizKids always already makes uh D and D miniatures. Um, as far as I know, they are not, uh, copyrighted, like, figures, or they're not, uh, you know, it's like a unicorn or like a dragon, uh, maybe the Beyonder, or not Beyonder, the Beholder might be a D&D only title, but I don't think they really have, like, trademark on most of those, like, uh, races and, um, animals and such forth, so... If they released a new set similar to the Rest in Peace set with just uh, existing D&D stuff, I think that it would uh, not necessarily do crazy good, but it'd be an interesting thing to get. And then um, my crazy suggestion would be to make the WizKids team into a team base or into like a little like viable set on its own. Um, so... The WizKids only has about 20 people that work for them, and I think it'd be like a cool shout-out to the people that do the work for us if they, you know, were like, this is Mark, product tester, and this is Janelle, the, like, public relations officer and stuff like that. And so, like, they might not do, like, the best in competitive play, but I think it'd be cool just to get that little, like, shout-out. So, like... And of course, they can be like Purple Ring, just like the Comic Con pack was, or whatever. Absolutely, real people. Like that would be all. That'd be funny. That'd be really cool. Yeah, sure. Um, I think a D and D set, like just calling it Fantasy, I think that could do actually really well. I think that'd be really cool with the pre-painted D and D style miniatures, and you just call it Fantasy, and then boom, yeah. easy set right there. I think that'd be really sweet, actually. They've already got the would, figures. They just have to that. Yeah. stick them on a dial and yeah. paint them, and I mean job or done. even or or even then make them a paintable like x-men style figure but just give them a dial you know yeah 
that switch too, click yeah. to be a switch click to a small like quarter size one inch D and D base, you know, like even switch click to that. Ooh, that's a great idea. You're welcome. And, and like anyone from WizKids listening to this is like, it's an okay idea. Let's don't. And don't pat yourself don't on the yourself. back too hard. Yeah, chill, <laughs> chill out there, man. Uh, me for sculpts, uh, less reuse. It's it's really hurting me. Um, I. You have no idea. The amount of hype I am for Captain America is in like 99999999999.9. And the only thing that's giving it like the 1% doubt is that it has sub-themes I do not care about. No offense to people that like Thunderbolts. But if it's not just Captain America character from this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue, I do not care about it. I do not I do not care. And then the sculptor use is really killing me. The uh, seeing the uh, same shield cap. I really hope he's facing forward this time. That Captain America with the phasey shield on the stairs from Nick Fury was facing backwards, and I really, really disliked that sculpt for that reason. I, I do not care for the facing backwards sculpts. Really gets me. I really hate it. Hopefully they flipped it around, and he's facing forwards. Yeah, that Steve Rogers not... was really good, though. He was really good. No, I love that Steve Rogers. I think he's awesome. I think he's really super dope. But uh, I really hate sculpts that face backwards. I really hate it. And then, like, seeing that Peggy Carter, like, reuse sculpt or whatever, you're like, oh, that kills me. That really that really irks me inside. Uh, also for sculpts, uh, I like I like repaints. So this is the only reason where I – it sort of is a hypocrite-like thing with the, the reuse and repaints. Um, but I really do dig, like, the fact that it's old man Captain America with the facey shield uh, because he has – gray hair very simple repaint and i do i do enjoy that mostly for uh for really good primes like primes don't have to have a totally different sculpt some do but majority of the time they're just repaints and i'm okay with that and i am okay with repaints Uh, i'm not necessarily saying i guess more of them but if we're going to reuse sculpts reuse them once and make them a repaint and like that's it you know but they reissue a lot of sculpts. And I really don't care for that, and I know why and everything. But but still, I like seeing uh, newer sculpts. It's a lot. It's a lot cooler. But like sculpts should have like a, a two-use max, you know, and then that'd be it. And then one should totally be a repaint. So just just saying. So that's my opinion on sculpts. Other than that, I like most of them. Obviously, I prefer like dynamic stuff. But if they're common <clears> and uncommon, and they're just standing there, it's not terrible because obviously they're common and uncommon. Like the more. Uh, work put into the sculpt it determines their rarity but i think they're a, they're i think we could have got figure. like one more use out of the magneto exodus sculpt because that little base that they're on that little like terrain i think we could have gotten like oh sure just at least like one more it's very reminiscent of the spider-man um team base yeah team base yeah spider-man and friends team base and with the, I think, the i-beams stuck in the ground and stuff yeah yeah i think we totally could have got at least one more use out of that whether it was like a prime or i mean even if they use it in like a future set for like a random two by two or like a two by two convention that comes out or something i just mm. think that that's like too good to pass up i know i'm keeping at least like one extra exodus one, because he's got some cool effects going on in his hands that'll be easy to reuse on something else. Um, and two, because I can just take Exodus off that base and put literally anything else there, and yeah. it's like a cool sculpt now, because it's on a 2x2. Two two. For sure. Number four, marketing slash promotions for the game. All right, so my off-the-wall, bouncing around high-flying, top-rope-diving, 
marketing promotion is uh, get a WWE promo. Have, have like Stone Cold mention it on his podcast. Uh, speaking of which, have Stone Cold come to our podcast. <laughs> I'll let him. I'll let him use the stunner on me. I don't care. Uh, Ouch. <laughs> I can take it. I'm a tough guy. Sure. I can. I, I'm sure I can take one and live. Uh, no, I. I think like the the most off the wall thing would be if we could get. One of the properties that we, or one of the properties that WizKids has, I'm speaking as if I'm part of WizKids now because of this question, but if we could get uh, one of the properties that WizKids goes through to do like a big promo thing for it, like whether it's like Marvel throwing it in their comics. So if you get a graphic novel, there's no ads, but in the floppies, there's usually ads every like three or four pages. Yeah. If we could get a Heroclix thing in there, um, if they mentioned it on WWE, that'd be pretty big. There's not really any ongoing Star Trek that we have figures for that would make sense to like do a promo for. There are ongoing Star Trek episodes and uh, series, but nothing from like Next Gen or the original series. Um, if Will if Will Shatner just started playing the game, that'd be pretty cool. So maybe kick him like. I don't know how much that would cost. Ten million dollars to start you playing. Know, he, Clicks. he has a ranch. He's actually really into ranching. He has a horse ranch, and I bet I could. No way. I could totally. I, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say I could totally work something out where I could uh, bring him on, and we could we could ride around for a bit, and then I'd invite him to play Hero Clicks. But that would literally never happen in a million years. You just got to get a job on the ranch. On his and ranch. Just okay. Leave so your Hero Clicks lying around all the time. <laughs> like leave all the Star what are, Trek what stuff. Are they? What and he's like, why is there a tiny you... sculpture of me over here? Why is Leonard Nimoy over there? Uh, you know. Hey, ranch hand, why did you <laughs> leave these around my house? I don't know Explain myself. how tabletop gaming works. I only play magic. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that would be like a plot twist for, this, <laughs> for the, the ages. Oh, gosh. Um, mine for advertising, I kind of said the same thing. Uh, put them ads in comics. If you go through older comics, there are Heroclix ads in them. And I'm like, what? Why did this stop? You know? Uh, commercials, not like that one commercial, but commercials, uh, we could benefit from. Uh, I said ad inserts in DVDs. I also bought an older Marvel, like, animated, like, Doctor Strange Iron Man DVD, and there was a Heroclix ad in there. Don't know why that stopped. Maybe there's a reason, but that should totally do it. Uh, more in-store stands. I really, really like the in-store stand stuff that they did with like Age of Ultron for the ID card. I thought that was really cool. And even if you go to some stores nowadays, you see the big ID card uh, places, which is really cool. So I like, I really like the in-store stands. I also really liked the videos that were put on like the main DC Universe channel. Of there's this one gal who would do unboxings, and she did one uh, for Trinity War, which is a fun set. I actually kind of enjoyed Trinity War. Um, and I thought that was really cool. They also had a DC video where these two guys played like a tournament to win a full set of like War of Light or something with all the batteries and all the entities and everything, like when it was new. And they played it, but they played it on a 3D map with like these actual buildings. If you, I might have to try to find the link to that and link to it, but it's a really cool video. And he's using it uh, back when 
free actions could be used during the beginning of your turn. So this dude was using a bunch of swifts with the red lantern battery where they could free move and then he would free move poison. It's all, it's actually a pretty gross team. And he built like a really good team. You could tell the other guy didn't build like as good, like as a, like a team in comparison, which is like really rough, but he still made a lot of good roles and it's still like a really cool video. But like videos like that, where they sponsor something in a comic book shop and they film these people playing it was really, really cool. And I really enjoyed those. And another thing for advertising is uh, this is kind of calling back to advertising they did uh, for an adult adult swim show. It's the Venture Bros. They made a this is back when Valve was starting to work with Adult Swim and they wanted to make videos for them. So Team Fortress 2 did a ad with Venture Bros and they had a bunch of Venture Bros hats uh, implemented into the game Team Fortress 2. And with that, before a couple of ad slots, before Venture Bros or after or whatever in between commercials and stuff they would play a little team fortress 2 little gag thing where the guys where the main mercenaries are wearing the hats and they're watching venture bros and like you know hilarity you know something occurs and it's kind of funny and they run after each other kind of recreating the main uh theme sort of for that show and that was really cool so if you have a marvel dc show or or whatever or a tabletop show work with them in conjunction maybe with the next set you know like if there's something captain america later for the captain america set or Obviously, Justice League Animated isn't happening anymore, but for, like, a DC Animated movies. They make DC Animated movies all the time. You know you know how when you put in, like, a THX, you know, like, that noise, and it would play, like, ads for movies before or trailers for movies before? Have a Heroclix, like, funny little ad just before a DC Animated movie, and I think that would work really well. And I always thought those were really cool. I don't know how probable that is, but I think that would be something that's really neat uh, for ad-wise to do. Uh, number five, which is uh, WizKids HeroClix tournaments, uh, ROC and non-ROC as well. Uh, so this includes things like Majestics or whatever non-main like main ROC tournaments there are, and of course HeroClix tournaments. Uh, think of this from a WizKids consultant, though. Like, not just a person who could work within the venue to make a tournament better, but like as a WizKids consultant, how would you uh, make tournaments? How would you improve or maybe just not improve HeroClix tournaments? I think if you had like a dedicated person, maybe like one of your rules guys, and people could submit like a month and a he- a month ahead of time, like, hey, I'm running this WKO. Can I run it under this format with these rules? And they'd like look over it and you know, if it's like a paragraph of rules, then they're just like, no. But if it's like I wanna do Golden Age four hundred points, like no Battlefield conditions, no uh, ATAs, and no figs over like two by two or something like that. I think if they had somebody like on deck that could just you know be like, "Yep, that one's approved." No, this one's not approved, and like with like a little explanation why, like, "Hey, maybe make it simpler or something like that." Um, I think that'd be cool because either having for do- normal WKOs your option is either sealed or it's 300 points modern. And that's super just like, it's just like the basic, most basic hero clicks that it can be. And it gets really frustrating when you're trying to interest people in something and people that aren't like just strictly competitive, they're not going to find stuff that isn't like, you know, they're not going to find 300-point modern interesting, but if you tell them, hey, you can bring all your Golden Age stuff and you just have to make a 300-point team and follow these guidelines, then, like, that's something, you know? 
uh, maybe like ban Faust. Um, <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's like, you know, ban like a few things. Um, and then that goes to my other point, which would be for, if you're not going to do something like that, I think rotating ban list is really good. So let's say for ROC states, they take, they take all of the ROC state winners and they take their teams and they take like the top five figures that shows up on teams or the top five elements that show up on all the teams or whatever. Um, and they just ban them until the next series is over. So for ROC states this time, you know, like the Wolverine, Wolverine ID was used a lot. Um, the super rare Wolverine was used a lot and Kobic trader was used a lot. So, like all those elements were like they're banned until after the next ROC, and then the next one you see a lot of like astronomer, you see a lot of Q. So those are banned until the next ROC, and this would be going only by like winners for those events, and it'd just be like you know if it shows up in like the the top winning slot for like more than five events or something like that, then it just gets banned until after the next. Uh, rotation of events happens so i think that'd be it would at least add something it might not balance the field but it would at least add a little bit of something to the format where you don't always have to like you don't always get to build the same way you don't always get to see the same things kind of thing sure sure absolutely Trying to figure out uh, a really good way to make tournaments more fun and more interesting to go to is tough. I really like Popper, but it's also saying, hey, you can't use this much of your collection, which kind of sucks. Like, if you, in a perfect world, you should be able to have a Golden Age tournament with no ban list and no, like, whatever. You should be able to use any hero clicks ever made ever, and it should be a fairly uh, fair tournament. If everybody has access to every hero click ever. But of course, people don't start playing until recently or people get out of the game or whatever reason. And it's just not feasible to make a Golden Age tournament without some form of ban list or guideline, which really sucks. So, like, trying to figure out how to make tournaments better is rough. I would say one thing uh, for hero clicks tournaments is make the prizing better. Uh, that's one thing I really didn't talk about. Uh, we said we were kind of focusing on format, and I was for a lot of it when I was looking at this question. But the reuse sculpt prizing, and then one new box LE prizing, and then plus the object for whatever. The object is fine for top 16. Like, that's cool. I think that's neat. And the, the reuse prizing is okay, too. But the Chase Prime set was huge. And even if it's just like the Rock States, which is just you choose a Chase or choose a Prime, I think that is also awesome. Uh, anything like that is super cool. So uh, the Chase Primes are just a really good reason to like play. Like it's it's really cool. And if the next Rock uh, States is like X Men, I don't know if they did say it was going to be X Men for a Chase Prime set. I know the last one was Thor, and so they're not doing the latest Chase Prime set. Lord, no, of course not, uh, because Ultra Chases and Super Rare Primes are a thing. So it's probably not. Um, and I think it actually is Thor again. So I, I could be wrong. So just don't don't destroy me. All right. But I really like the choose one chase prime whatever boxed Connolly. I think that's really great. And send them uh, instead of just these WKO exclusive Connollys. I guess they're not really Connollys, but WKO prizes also have you know three, you know three or four uh, worlds exclusive whatever 
convention exclusives, just like how Rock has them in their kits. I really like uh, the Rock prizing kits. Of course, WizKids doesn't have a bunch of neoprene maps and stuff, but if they want to include um, their boxed exclusive LEs where it's like, okay, look, you can only get this at Origins and at Worlds for like these many months. It gives them the exclusivity. It gives you a reason to show up to those events. But after so long, it's like, okay, and now you have a chance to win them, but only at these events. They still have an exclusivity, and they still have a want and demand without giving them away willy-nilly. Uh, but it still makes them easier for people that just can't afford to go to those events. But instead, yes, I can play locally, and I can try my hardest to win these. So I, I like that idea uh, for fixing prizes. Um, for format, I I really honestly don't know. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, number... Six, it is uh, non-comic book hero clicks and other properties WizKids own. Uh, what would you do with those? Simeon, go for it. So non-comic book hero clicks and other properties that WizKids own or may own or may not own. Um, my one big thing would be go after anime. Um, go after like the Shonen Jump series. I think that the Venn diagram of people who play hero clicks and either kind of like anime or like at least one anime. I think the crossover is pretty big. Um, I think it's bigger than Star Trek. I think it's bigger than WWE. I think it's bigger than maybe even TMNT. Uh, I think, you know, not necessarily... I'm not like the biggest fan of Naruto or Dragon Ball Z, but I think that those shows really connect with a lot of people and i mean clearly they've done well they have you know dragon ball z is up to episode over nine thousand and uh ha 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 the memes that's all i know from dragon ball z jeez so like ha, and then i throw something at someone because that's all i know uh but no i i truly think that uh if they went after like a solid anime series or a collection, I think a collection would be better if they could somehow swing that. Uh, I think they'd do really well. And then I think they should partner up with um, some other like TV series that has their own like originals. So just for example, like let's say they partner up with Netflix and Netflix has... Uh, like the Umbrella Academy originals. Somebody on HC Realms did a bunch of Umbrella Academy figures, like custom figures, and they did a really good job of doing like the sculpts. They like pieced them together with random other figures. They modded like them together really well, and then they did custom dials and stuff. That made me think like if they could partner up with Netflix or maybe Hulu or some other like let's just say like NBC or ABC they might not get like the best properties from whoever they partner up with but it'd be another source to pull from and i think that'd be the main thing is another source to get stuff from and to go along with that partnering up with like IDW who has Transformer comics and My Little Pony comics and uh, GI Joe comics and i mean the list goes on and on and on and on if they partnered up with another comic book company and they released like another indie set, um, Image alone has you know you've got Saga, you've got uh, Invincible, um, 
like just like a endless list of like creator content that is worth going into. I think that they could partner up with something like that. It'd be really cool. Okay. Yeah, no, I can dig that. I can totally dig that. So, uh, for existing WizKids properties that I know that I know about, right? This is like this is such a tough question because it's really personal for me that I really wanted to do. So I know they can't do uh, some of the NECA stuff because just because NECA has it doesn't necessarily mean WizKids has access to it. So I totally get that. That's totally cool. Um, but I really want to know what happened to the Valve Dota property. I do not like MOBA games. For anybody that likes League of Legends, whatever, you're a loser. And if I offended you, I'm sorry. Those Okay, you're not really a loser. I'm a loser for not knowing how to play those games. That game seems very repetitive, seems like a bunch of clicking and blah, blah, blah. And I get super bored. Super bored, super fast of it. It's not interesting. The lore is not interesting, whatever. And I know I'm very alone in this, in the amount of people that care about a 12-year-old game. But I, I would literally kill yeah fbi government agent listening to this i would kill someone uh for team fortress 2 hero clicks you have you have no idea how huge that would be to me the fact that we got a chess set and dota got actual hero clicks as bad as they were you know it just irked me so much uh so yeah if if i don't know whatever happened to the valve property i really think any of valve's games you could just make starter set team fortress 2 nine figure mega starter set boom a year later, does well, whatever, make a blue starter set. Next thing, make a robot starter set. Same thing. Portal, just literally just make shell if you want to as an LE figure for a convention, right? Just like how they did static outside of all the other starter sets. Literally just make shell and a companion cube object or something as like a double pack starter set. That would be freaking awesome. You know, a Left 4 Dead 2 or Left 4 Dead starter set where it's like the main four survivors or like four of the survivors versus four of the zombies, you know? Smoker, tank. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Valve has some of the coolest properties ever, and honestly, they're a terrible company to work with. I know that, like, as a fact. There's so many people can, like, testify to that. They're they're terribly lazy because they work on their own schedule. That doesn't make them lazy, but they work on their own schedule, and it seems to be an impeccably slow one at that. But they have so many really good properties, um, but they're just hard to work with. Uh, they really are. Uh, it, so it sucks. But I, I really would love to see that non-comic book stuff. Uh, as far as, like, properties I know they for sure have for non-comic book stuff, which is, like, WWE, Orville, Star Trek. As long as you continue to make those, even if they have a very small... Uh, audience that even wants them, as long as you continue to make those good, like Q, I guarantee half these competitive people have no idea who Q is, but you made them pretty solid that his price went up and you made them rare enough that people were trying to buy a lot of the set. So you still made good sales on the set. Same thing if any of these WWE figures seem to be really good. Well, that one figure, although just $8 for the majority of its lifetime on the secondary market because of probably how few stores, realistically, are actually going to be getting in the set. Because so many stores, um, our store, for example, was like, does anybody want these WWE figures? I'm literally at the computer right now. I'm about to order them. And everybody was just like, I want a ring. I want a ring. I want a ring. That's it. (laughs) You know? And then no one said, like, oh, throw in a Macho Man for me, or maybe get a couple of Andre the Giants to put on the shelf, you know? No one did that, you know? Which is a huge bummer. I know, maybe not enough people have a tight-knit relationship with stores and everything. Uh, But, like, you got to make something that's more friendly. Like, WWE, although I think it's really cool, you can just specifically buy your own. 
not a lot of stores are going to be specifically getting the WWE because they know their fan base. Now, if it's like a blind box thing, they probably will just they probably would have just bought a CTD blind box just to have it on the shelf, you know. So I think that could be one way to do it. Of course, we still have yet to see. I'm still saying this hypothetical, but we've known this hypothetical for so long um, that we all probably feel like we know more than we actually do. So until we actually see it in practice and see how that reflects and see how they make more sets, it depends. It totally depends. I, I really can't wait to go to some live wrestling. Like I've been to SmackDown twice so far. I really can't wait to go to it after the WWE set is released to see if they have it at their merch booth. They, I mean, obviously, if you've ever been to wrestling, you know they have huge merch booths every time with all the latest stuff. I would really be interested to see. Um, and I would honestly just look at the merch booth for like, I'd get there an hour early just to see people be confused at whatever hero clicks are at the merch booth. I would really love to see that. Uh, wow, it took a long time answering number five, which reminds or number six, which reminds me of three more to get through. I'm going to try to speed it up. My bad, guys. That's <laughs> on me. Uh, number seven, <laughs> how to make the game easier for new players to get into. Simeon, go for it. So for new players, I always start off with, like, depending on how versed they are with uh, tabletop gaming, I always try and start them off if they're like completely new to like the entire concept i start them off with like this is a grid map you like one square is one movement it's one range you know all that stuff and then i just start them off with like the basic stats i say like don't even pay attention to the colors you just move and then like if someone's in your range you can shoot at them if someone's next to you you can punch them you roll dice and you add it to this stat and like you see if it hits that stat so that's the basics. That's like the very bare bones of the game. And then you get into the powers. And if you start getting into the powers like charge and stuff, you have to get into why they combine and how they combine. Which, I mean, one's like, I want to play Hulk. And you're like, great. You're going to play that Hulk, but you're going to play it with like none of the powers on the dial. Well, now that 300-point Hulk is not going to hold up against anything because, you know, it's not designed to not be played with the powers. So you have to like inform them of that as you go which is brings me to like my main point of this which is to make it easier for newer players you want really basic figures but you want them with really good stats um maybe like one or two traits where it just says you know something like blank some blanket statement where it says like every friendly character to captain america gets a plus one attack when attacking opposing characters, or um, every Avenger gets, like, when Captain America's on this team, every Avenger gets a plus one speed, even if they don't have the Avenger team ability. Um, Something like that, where it's, like, a very blanket statement that's easy to, like, comprehend and easy to, like, apply to a game where these people are learning and they're, you know, you don't want to, like, throw them off with, like, the Captain Marvel Ultra Chase, where it's got, like, two paragraphs describing how he comes back to life and how the game proceeds um yeah that's yeah that's really all i can say so weird just make it a basic figure um like charge running shot is like good hypersonics that's all good don't give them any like special powers but also give them stats that where if like you know like the thing uh with like the sidekick knights where You'd get this pack of these characters. You'd get these great characters, great sculpts, 
and they just don't hold up in like normal 300 point games because the stats weren't there and they didn't have like the traits or the special powers to add up to what their point value was. So you'd be playing a hundred point Captain America with like energy shield and toughness or something mid dial. And he would just get, you know, attacked by like a Wolverine and blades for five. And he'd just be like, Oh, I guess my hundred point character is dead now. Or maybe give them really long dials for new characters. Cause you know, they're going to take hits in their like early games. They're not going to like, you know, they're not going to have the positioning down exactly right. So like, you know, let them take a few hits, give them the hundred point dial, but make the dial 10 clicks long or something crazy like that. Okay. Right. For sure. Uh, kind of going off of quick start figures or psychic night stuff. You can make a competitive, viable, overpowered figure with five powers or four powers, you know? Um, very, like, give a person, like, getting into the fray. Give them all this. Charge, running shot. You know? Boom. They have two powers now. Give them something like toughness, ESD, combat reflex. Well, that's terrible. Give them all toughness, ESD, combat reflex. It's, like, learning-wise. But you know what I'm saying. Like, you can give them, like, five powers, you know? Running shot, charge, pen blast, whatever. And they can all be great. And then they could not be garbage. And they can be like, oh, wow, I learned with this figure. And also I can use this figure really well. It doesn't have to be, you know, Unimind, put a blue flame on your sideline for each five points, eternal, blah, 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 plus two, lose, power cosmic, gain, willpower, stop, click. Like, no, it doesn't need all that stupid garbage to be um, a a good figure, especially a simple one for people to learn. Yeah, I think starter set Hulk is like the golden ticket as far as for sure so like the the 50 point starter set hulk he's got the 12 attack 18 defense 4 damage and he's got the leap climb ability where afterwards he can quake it's like all right so look in your pack this is what leap climb allows you to do and then after you've moved which leap climb is a move so after you've done that you can now quake and this is what quake does and so if it's like a single target it's going to do four if it's a multi-target, it's going to do two. That's great for a new player, because, like, other than that one trait, his dial is completely, like, plain. And if they want right. to play him at 100, like, you know, they're more than welcome to. Uh, the only reason he gets played at 12, or at, <laughs> at 12, the only reason he gets played at 50 points more often is because he starts with a 12 attack, 4 damage on that click. He's better, yeah. better stats at 50 points than 100. Which, I, you know, it was supposed to be, you play him at 100 and he gets knocked down. He's getting angrier. <laughs> yeah. But it's more like, why would I pay an extra 50 for worse stats? But yeah, the, the whole premise is there. And they've, so they've done it before. Uh, sometimes they just make them too convoluted. I think the Earth X star was actually really good. Where they had like one power or one trait that was good and wasn't, like, overly complicated. And then the rest of the dial was just plain powers that you could kind of show people. And they were cheap enough where the point value wasn't bad. But most of the time, I feel like most of the time uh, with starters and fast forces, the point value is just, like, way too high to be viable in, like, a casual game even. So it's like, oh, I bought this X-Men Fast Forces. I'm going to play, like, all these X-Men. And they get out there, and, like, 
it's like, all right, you've got like no reducers, so like your whole team just gets wiped by whatever like this guy pulled from his actual, you know, full booster. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, and like like how I said, dude's got literally four powers. Like that's it's super simple and he's super and he's awesome, you know. So make more figures like that uh, in your starter sets. Another thing is uh, really dial it back on the fast forces. Make more starter sets so I can easily point to new people on the shelves. That has everything you need. You know, I really liked the Avengers versus X Men starter sets because they had the tokens, the dice, and the figures and a map in all of them. That was the perfect starter set, and I feel like you should make one or two of those every year. Yeah, and I sit on shelves. I, I love the ones the perfect way to get in the game. The ones where you're like. You have 300 points of good guys and 300 points of bad guys, or you know, yeah. you know, 300 points of like opposing teams, whether they're good guys or bad guys. Um, that's always great too, because it's like, like me and my friend want to get into this game, but like we don't know what to do. It's like literally just buy that. It's got the map, it's got the dice, uh, it's got like the terrain and the objects. And then each of you can pick, like, if you want to play Brotherhood, you get to play Brotherhood. If I want to play X-Men, I get to play X-Men, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you each buy one, and then you mix and match. So, like, you've got some sort of weird Wakanda Illuminati X-Men team, and he's got, you know, Magneto and Okoye, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. Nice! All right. Number eight. Wow, we're almost there. How to keep the game interesting for older players. Simeon. Uh, make sure, you know, your venue is handicapping. Oh, wait, older players, not older people. Um, yep, you got my it. My bad. Uh, so, <laughs> mine's kind of like more of a wish list since I'm, I consider myself an older player. I've been playing for several years. Not, not as old a player as most people or... I'd say like 90% of players, but I'm, I consider myself an older player. So mine's kind of a wish list. Uh, number one would be bring back God Packs. Uh, so it's like more of like the thrill of the chase. For those of the you that don't know, a God Pack, uh, when you open your five-figure booster, it com- normally comes in clear plastic. God Packs came in either like a blue or black plastic. And so it was like, as soon as you like popped it, you'd be like, no way. And there'd be like this colored plastic and you wouldn't be able to see the figures inside until you slid the whole thing out. But like, as soon as you opened it and you saw that color, you knew what was in there. And, um, I think world's finest was the last one that we had with God packs. And it would basically just be, so it'd be five figure booster. It would be five of the chases. So, It'd be one in, like, 100 bricks, or one in 100 cases, or whatever. So it was very rare. But the one person that managed to get it would instantly have, you know, five of the chases. And so that, it gave something, gave you, like, a a thrill. It gave you, like, a reason to, like, buy cases, buy bricks, buy, to, like, see, you know, buy random boosters off the shelf to see if you got, you know... That kind of thing. And then, um, I think something to keep it interesting for new players, or keep it interesting for older players, 
would be new mechanics. Like, not necessarily like the retaliation or ID card kind of style thing, but along the same line, I think if they keep doing like new mechanics like that, uh, the terrain dials was like a really good one in my opinion. I love the fact that a vehicle doesn't just disappear when it's destroyed, it turns into terrain. Uh, that's something that I really liked. I think they're on like a good track with that. Um, and then bring back older mechanics like uh, the capture ability. Um, I knew you were going to say capture. I don't know <laughs> why, but as soon as he said I was like, he's going to say the capture ability. So <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. and <laughs> Yeah, it was a prelude because I knew this was coming up. And I, I totally, I love the capture ability. I love what it does for the game. Uh, I think resources should be brought back in a similar kind of vein. Uh, they've already dialed back what relics or not. They're not relics anymore. They're special objects, but basically what relics used to be. Um, so you'd have to roll for like certain items because you'd have to like, see if you could actually use it. You know, is this character smart enough? Is this character worthy? Is this character strong enough, etc. So relics, you actually had to roll to equip, um, I think, I honestly think that Mjolnir probably should have been like a callback to a relic where you couldn't just equip it with anyone. Like, you know, uh, Exospecs has a point thing where if you're not above a certain point value, you can't equip it. That's great. Like, more stuff like that, you know. You shouldn't, like, my... My like little generic thug guy shouldn't be able to take Mjolnir and hit somebody with it. He's not worthy. He's clearly not worthy. He's only five points and he's got sidestep and combat reflex or sidestep and close combat expert or something. Um, so older mechanics like that I think would be great to bring back. Um, and then my biggest thing is make the achievements in the win system worth something. Make <laughs> there's so many cool achievements just like uh, when you're playing a video game and it's like you've unlocked this achievement you get like you know five gamer score points uh if you go on the win system and you have a win id and you play you know local games enough or you know you just play games enough with that win id you'll notice that you get different uh achievements and as of right now they don't do anything so like we used to have with the World's Finest and the Avengers Assemble and the Nick Fury IDs, we had codes that you could enter, and you'd enter them in, and you'd get like the little achievement for them. I never entered any of those because I didn't have a reason to. It didn't give you anything. Like, I don't. Uh, there's no virtual, you know. There's no virtual hero clicks that you unlock. There's no like bonus that you get. But I think if. Uh, like, if you proved yourself as, like, a veteran player that has, you know, several achievements, maybe they give you, like, a discount on their convention store. Maybe they send you, like, an old con LE once you, like, hit, like, a certain amount. Maybe the person that's logged into, like, the win system as, like, the number one slot in, like, each area, like, number one in each area gets, you know, a certain, like, item or something. Stuff like that, I think, would be pretty cool. No, I agree. Actually, I was looking at the win earlier today. I finally 
have broken 100 wins to my amazing 97 losses on the win system, which is dope. I'm also realizing that uh, everything in the world's tournament uh, for each event I was in was not in the win system at all. Because sh there should be higher numbers if those were actually put in the win, but they aren't, which is interesting. Yeah, so to uh, go along with that, there's a ton of people that are like really good at Heroclix. They're, you know, they, they play in like the top level but they don't have a local... So I have, like, for me, I have three local places that I could go to, and if I really felt like driving, I could probably do, like, hero clicks like, five nights out of the week. So I could totally game the system and be at, like, the top of the leaderboard in my area. Then there's people that live in the middle, like, you know, like a dead zone for hero clicks, and they have to drive, like, an hour in any direction to get to a hero clicks event. But they're much better at hero clicks than me and so i think i think that it would uh it'd be interesting but they definitely have to figure out like a way to make like nationals and worlds rankings factor in more heavily than normal rankings because yeah like i i remember checking back around nationals and i was like i was like top 10 in like the month for like the world because I had huh. like whatever my points were I, I must have gone to enough events lately I'm at 256 wins out of 169 Ooh. losses by the way Ooh, I really need to work on my my losses there I've went one and two for like the past three or four weeks like locally I've, I've been playing terribly I, I what can I say I'm, t I'm bad at hero clicks well, I mean, I really yeah I don't so in the last 12 months, I'm rank 206th, um, and in the third quarter, which is July to October, I'm 101st. But yeah, I, it's nothing to like brag about because, like I just said, I go to three venues at a time, and it's not like I play to win at each venue. You know, I mostly play to have fun. So if I really wanted to like boost my ranking and crush people every week, you know, I I could try to do that, but there wouldn't be a huge purpose for me, especially right now, you know, because yeah, there's nothing, there's no reward. And uh, I actually, I really wish there was, because like in video games, people who would ever get a platinum in a game, you know, when you get all the trophies in a PlayStation game or whatever, you get a platinum trophy saying like, hey, you literally did everything you can do in this game. They normally get that within like the first week or two of a game's release, because they're just boom, so fast to platinum something. It's crazy, and I wish that there was a rush to get these achievements, because it kind of feels cool playing video games in real life. Uh, anybody that plays Pokemon Go, it feels kind of neat that your real-world location, uh, there are things going on that you can do through your phone. Like, that's actually a really cool experience, and I think it's a really neat idea for the game. Seems like there's the Harry Potter game and blah, 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 stuff like that. So I wish that Heroclix uh, was kind of the same way. You know, we're actually playing all these games, and... It'd be really cool if you could somehow track the teams you used so you can keep track of each figure that you ever played. And for like, if you play through like every single figure ever made, like if you can track your teams and be like, I have played from Infinity Challenge to like Arkham Asylum or whatever, and I played each figure in that set. You know, maybe not count all the rev stuff or maybe just make it new, but like getting an achievement for having played every figure in a set would be really cool if there was a way for you to track that, you know, if there's a way for you to uh, put in some kind of booster cold or, or even track 
how much money you spent on Heroclix. Maybe you don't want to know. You probably <laughs> don't. Uh, no, but it's like scan your you know your little your code here. Oh, it's a terrible thing to think about. I don't know why I mentioned that. That's not a good idea. That'll go under worse. You could have Lord, had all this Lord. money that you no longer. Have. <laughs> no, I think if you know those like ROC pins that they'd send out to the judges, they'd be like, Oh yeah, you were an ROC judge for like 2018 or 2017. Um, like congratulations on like you know donating your time to the community. If uh, the win system did that, so like just looking through my random uh, achievements on here, um, play in ten different stores. If they gave you a little pin for like for you know play in ten different stores or uh, win one hero clicks event, like you know similar to like when I donate blood, I get like a little like you've donated a gallon of blood, and it's like it means absolutely nothing in like the grand scheme of things but it's this nice little like pin that you have that you can put like you know on your lapel <laughs> your hat or your backpack or you know what have you so you could have like hero click swag be like look at this i was in the top quarter of all players in 2019 or i was the top player in 2019 that'd be really cool no, they would be cool. And just like donating blood can get like a donut, like a cookie afterwards too for your hero <laughs> achievement. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah, whiskey. Someone like all of a sudden like here's a here's like you know like a bubble envelope like here's your donut. It's like all smashed. I'm like yeah, nice. I'm gonna eat this now. All right, uh, number nine. We're just really actually we should probably try to get through these. Uh, DC Marvel Team and T and WWE. How to improve them? Give it to me. I, you know, did not have a ton of ideas for this surprisingly um that's cool so my my off the wall ideas is uh more characters you know keep keep what you're doing keep doing the thing where you keep buying keep making stuff and uh we keep buying it that's pretty cool uh my really off the wall you know bank shot you know half court hook shot uh kobe is Make the power levels consistent between things. So if I have a 50-point Worf, he can hold up to a 50-point Wolverine. Or if I have a, you know, 50-point Leonardo, he can hold up to a 50-point Batman or Nightwing. Um, you know, if Nightwing has access to Outwit, Perplex, ranged combat, close combat, sidestep, and he's in stealth, maybe my 50-point Wolverine should be able to do something, I don't know, other than, you know, the nose-nose kind of thing. Uh, but that that's really the most that I have for that, is just consistency between sets would be would go a long way, in my opinion. And this probably goes down uh, for consistency as well, but uh, I'm going to try to rattle through these. DC, modernize it. So that means uh, set booster sets with the big fig in them, just like the two Marvel sets we've had. We've now had two Marvel sets with that zero DC sets. Uh, like Rebirth, terribly had no cool like mechanics that were across all the other sets. It had some mechanics specific to it, but it still didn't feel like it was made in the same year as a set like Black Panther and the Illuminati modernize DC to make it feel equal to everything else. Uh, Marvel, it's good. You don't really have to touch it. It's doing pretty good. It kind of steers the boat uh, for most uh, play. Uh, kind of sadly, honestly, and even being a Marvel guy, that is kind of sad that one 
theme seems to be better than others. Uh, Ninja Turtles don't reuse sculpts as much, have more character variety. That was kind of a bad downfall of TMNT overall, right? I think we can sort of all agree on that. And WWE, uh, how to improve it so far, I think it's really good. But in future sets, I think they would really improve from objects. Objects being included, kendo sticks, chairs, baseball bats, sledgehammers. I mean, I know uh, we already have Triple H, and it'd be really weird to give him a sledgehammer afterwards. uh, But still, I think there's a way he could still do that, and I think it'd be really cool. Star Trek. Don't make any more Star Trek. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Number 10. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you want to fight me about that? Anyways, uh, number 10. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I also had Star Trek. to um, silence. Another Star Trek I also had was Make It Wars. Uh, that's just a thousand times better than anything Trek. So, number 10, the very last one, uh, was any other advice about Heroclix? More of a blanket term. Um, you know, like for general Heroclix, this kind of goes along with the whole... Uh, achievement system, like reward system, I think that they should set up a recycling program where if you send in like a hundred booster boxes and a hundred of the little plastic, you know, whether it's gravity feed or the booster sleeves or what have you, I think if you send in like a bunch of those to them so that they can like recycle them, that they should, you know, give you like a random con le or something because most of the time i know like every venue i've ever been to will open like you know two cases of a product and all the bubble all the plastic everything that's not figures and cards just goes in the trash and it's not like the biggest thing in the world but uh i think that it, i mean it just in my mind, if like my venues all do that and everyone else's venues all do that, there's just like a huge heap of like trash that uh, HeroClix is contributing to the environment. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the plastic could be reused in some way. I don't know how, but I just I know. I know like my personal ones that I get at home. I do put in like the recycle. You can put the little sleeves. They're like a number three recycle or something like that. You can put them in your like little home recycler thing if your town or city does those things. But the cardboard doesn't really do much more than be cardboard. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess on that line, I didn't really grow up recycling. We just burned it. Well, yeah. Or burning. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with burning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but nowadays, we just kind of throw stuff away. So I guess I should do do something like that. I never really think about it. But like um, when I do an unboxing, uh, not just on the YouTube channel, but when I used to like do them live and stuff, I would just throw them, like whatever, total disregard for like the random packages and stuff. And when you see it scattered across the floor, you're like, wow, there's so much in there. There's the plastic that holds the card. There's the plastic that holds the figure. There's the box itself, you know. With the new set, there's all of that plus bubble wrap, like – there's a ton. This new set was so bad. I opened a lot, and uh, it was so bad between the bubble-wrapped individual figures, the clamshell for the big figures, the boxes, and the sleeve for, like, the cards. Between all of that, it was just, like, a mess to try and... Like, this was the worst set in a while for unboxing that I've done. And, 
Yeah. No, like when when I was growing up, we we had a barrel that we put our trash in and we burned it. So that's what you do right out on. in the the places right where on. trash companies don't come to you. Uh, but all right, that wraps it up for Malcolm. Thank you, Malcolm, so much for these questions. I swear we probably spent 45 minutes answering these just because they were they were really in-depth ones that, that had just such a huge possibility uh, for answering. Uh, we've gotten through all of the show. If you are still here, give yourself a pat on the back. Thank you for not seeing the crazy long uh, time for this episode and being like, there was literally no news this week. What are these guys possibly talking about? What on word? Do not care about them about. that much. Uh, you know. So thank you guys so much. For going on before we end the show we do have someone on the dial h birthday calendar and that is none other than devin adams with the happy little hero clicks birth uh youtube channel so let's go ahead and give him a happy arabian birthday happy birthday hey happy birthday to you as always, you can find Dial H for Heroclix on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, and a bunch of random podcast apps. Just go ahead and search it, whatever uh, your friends might use. Be like, hey, I know that's not a normal uh, app used for podcasts, but go ahead and type in Dial H and just see if it pops up. You can find it on all those platforms if you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash Dial H for Heroclix. Twitter is Dial H for, that's the number four, Heroclix. Go ahead and tweet at us. Send in messages, questions, compliments, anything about the show. And again, you can rate us five star on iTunes, which is a huge, huge help to get our con- our content showing up more. If you like unboxings, we now have those on the YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Those will be uploaded hopefully every Thursday. And as always, thank you so much for your support. Simeon, do you want to go ahead and read us out of here? Yes, I do. Before we go, though, I do want to mention um, one of my locals. His name is Dustin. I'm not going to give out his last name just so he remains slightly anonymous. Um, He lost his service dog of, I I think it was over 10 years. Um, So he had a service dog. And that, I mean, at a certain point, you know, whether it's a service dog or a, you know, pet, uh, of course, they become part of the family. And uh, he lost his dog recently. And the dog was always, his name was Tippy. So Tippy was always in uh, when we played at Krypton. And he was just like a member of the community for everyone. And I wasn't part of the community there as long as everyone else. So I didn't know Tippy as long. I didn't know Dustin as long. But he was a huge member of our community there. And we lost him recently. And that was a, a big blow to Dustin. And um, one of Dustin's friends that uh, happens to work at Cool Stuff Inc., he sent him a care package that had a customized HeroClick with uh, a repaint job. And he had a nice little collar put on him and everything of a little super tippy. And Dustin shared that with me this Thursday. And it was just a really cool thing to see. um, Cool stuff reaching out to him like that and trying to brighten his day in the dark hour that it was. So I just wanted to share that with the community before we went. And on that note, 
I'd like to remind everyone that Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of our latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Happy trails. Thank <laughs> you.